Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good morning, football fans. Are you guys ready? Because we're ready, aren't we, Big D? We are always ready. Coming to you live from the cave. This is Straight Football Talk. I am your host, of course, Teddy the Bear Tate. Alongside of me is Big D, a.k.a. Dallas Duclo. How y'all doing? We want to remind everyone that you could be a part of the conversation if you call us at 718-508-9883 or get on our Straight Football Talk uh, Facebook page, like the page, like the video, Get on there, and you can comment on there. You can ask us questions. We'll be able to respond to you guys. Um, we're also on other social media outlets, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all sorts of good stuff there. Before we get started, we want to thank everyone for the love and support. It means a lot to us, and it's with your guys' help that we keep growing. Our last show had the most listeners on Totally Driven, and we want to keep that trend going, don't we, Big, Big D? You know it, baby. We're all about <laughs> it. I'm all about the money. Yeah, we're all, all about it. Straight Football Talk would also like to announce some upcoming events, some upcoming interviews, right? Yeah. On the 6th, August 6th, that is, next Sunday, we will be interviewing former Pro Bowl wide receiver and kick return specialist Rick Upchurch, played for the Denver Broncos, phenomenal player. Can't wait until we talk to him. On the 13th, we will be hosting current Giants offensive guard, Adam Geddes. Yeah, that's that, right. That'd be good, having a, a current player on the You know what, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him if he's asked. What? I'm gonna ask, you know what I'm going to ask him? What? I'm going to ask him, he's a big boy. Is he getting paid the big bucks yet? paid the big bucks. Come on. And on August 20th, we'll be interviewing former defensive tackle David Hunter. Let me be, let me be your agent, Adam. Come on. And that's, a, that's another big boy. Yeah. You know, David, David, I can be your agent. Let's do this. So, as stated in Big D's announcements earlier this week, because right. uh, you like to let everybody know, know what's going on, I totally driven. I'm on top of it. Right. We are currently working on the possibility of hosting an event. We can't give away too much of the information because it's not for sure yet. But this would be a way to uh, help us out, help get our name out there, right? Yep. This event would. We want to try to give a little bit back to the community around Absolutely. us. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah. Uh, the community we're around is a small community. You know, not a lot of big stuff happens around here, yep. so that would be huge for them. Um, so please make sure you keep following our posts, keep listening to us as we keep growing. That's going to get out there. We want to see that, guys. We want to see you guys, you know, helping us out. Big D, we got to get started, man. We got a ton of stuff to get to Let's discuss. Get in it. Let's get in it. 718-508-9883. That's what you got to do to call, be a part of the show. And, guys, when you call in, come with questions. Real questions. Real questions, guys. <laughs> I don't want to know what you're doing in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know. Uh, NFL buzz. We got to get started with NFL buzz, Big D. All right, get in. All right. Raiders left tackle Donald Penn is officially holding out. The 34-year-old is unhappy because his production is in the top 10, and his pay is not. Right now, Penn is making $7 million. Oakland will want to keep Derek Carr's best protector on the field with the Raiders being Super Bowl contenders. The Raiders will look to give Penn the extension he is looking for. And guess what, Big D? You got to pay the big boys the big bucks, don't you, You know what? You know, I I know a little something about that. That's what, that's what I feel about it. You got to pay the big boys the big bucks. That's what it's all about. Now, now, Donald Penn isn't the only one holding out. Los Angeles Rams star 
Aaron Donald, defensive tackle, did not report to training camp. Donald, <clears throat> excuse me, is still under contract, though, uh, through the 2017 season, along with club option for the 2018 season, according to Rappaport uh, and NFL uh, Network's Mike Silver. There is a huge contract offer on the table. However, Donald wants to be paid among the best players in football. Donald, who is a three-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro member, and a defensive rookie of the year, has a legitimate argument, I believe. And the Rams cannot afford to lose this town on the roster. Big D. Ted, you know what it's about. Take the big boys. From the beginning, I'm going to keep saying it. Until one of them calls me so I can be their agent. I want that money. Now, while some are holding out to get paid, others are signing new, with new teams, man. Right? They're getting paid. Some, some of these guys are going to get that money. Orlando Franklin is officially a saint. And I do mean a New Orleans saint. <laughs> yeah, well. Franklin decided to make New Orleans his new home after hitting the market. Before hitting the market, Franklin was on his second season of his five-year $40 million contract. With the Saints having an offensive line that has had injuries in the, you know, in the past, Franklin will look to see a good-sized workload. Big D, you got to pay the big boys the big money. Franklin, way to get that money, big guy. Orlando Franklin wasn't the only offensive lineman to sign a new contract. Pittsburgh Steelers, hello. Offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva. Uh Yes, love him. He's a great player has gotten a brand-new contract, a four-year, $24 million deal. For those that do not know, Villanueva was a Bronze Star recipient during his time as an Army Ranger, and he came into the, <clears throat> this league as a defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Ted, Ted, not only do you got to pay the big boys the big bucks, right. okay, not only that, you got to look out for the boys in uniform. That's right, absolutely. Not only does he get a big cha-ching, he gets a massive thank you. He gets a salute, absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Villanueva. Big D? The big boy got paid the big bucks. That's right. Give him another. Get that big boy money. As some offensive linemen sign new contracts, others are leaving the league entirely. Of course, I'm referring to Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman John Urschel. He has announced his retirement from the NFL. Over the last three seasons, Urschel started in 13 games at four different positions. I've retired too. That's a lot of work. <laughs> the 26-year-old is not just known for playing in the NFL. He is also pursuing his doctorate at MIT. Wow. Yeah, he's pretty smart for an offensive lineman. I mean, I'm not saying they're dumb. I'm just saying that's crazy. Hey, you know what? You, somebody's <laughs> not only gotten paid the big bucks, they're spending that big money on some big-time education. Absolutely. Congratulations, Mr. Urschel. And he also wants to spend time with his fiance. I commend him for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Got to spend time with the wife. Um, or fiance, not almost wife, right? Uh, and preparing for his first child in December, something I do know something about that, you know. Just, about that, just had my first kid. We wish Mr. Urschel the best of luck, and we look forward to hearing more about his journey. Yeah, I want to see you graduate soon from loud over there at yeah. uh, MIT, buddy. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Urschel is the only player retiring. Just found out this morning, Patriots defensive lineman Rob Ninkovich is expected to, re- to retire today. <clears throat> Rob has had a great key- career. And we wish him the best as he takes on his journey outside the NFL. We look forward to hearing about his career, yeah, you know, after man, career. You know, we'd like to have you on the show, Rob. Absolutely. There. Absolutely. And you we'd know what? He, he's had a few super, like three Super Bowl runs with the yeah. Patriots. I mean, he's had a pretty good career with the Patriots. So yeah, yes, very, very good, uh, good player. Good resume. Good yeah. Resume. Yeah, absolutely. As one man's journey leads him out of the NFL, I should say two man's journeys, oh, right? Yeah, two men. Another man's journey leads him to another new franchise to call home. Oh, 
The Dallas Cowboys have added running back Ronnie Tillman to their roster. I believe this pick was due to many factors. A lot of people are saying different things. I think it's multiple things, in my opinion. First off, Dallas lost Lance Dunbar. Um, second, some of the running backs on the roster do have a history of injuries. Uh, run DMC, I'm talking about you, buddy. Uh, and third, whether the Cowboys and Cowboys fans want to admit it or not, Ezekiel Elliott could be looking at some form of disciplinary action. Listen, if he's not looking at some disciplinary action at this point, I've got to tell you, I don't know what our our illustrious leader Goodell's doing, but he needs to be looking for a new job. Um, and they may, they might need that extra guy if Zeke gets suspended. They may really may need they it because it. again, DMC gets hurt. They've got Alfred Morse, but guess what? He's on the trade block. He is on the trade block. So they needed to add a little more depth they, to their backfield. <laughs> you know what it could? You know what you could do, Cowboys? You could stop doing this. Go! Stop it! <laughs> Ronnie Hillman isn't the only. One to call Dallas a new home. The Dallas Cowboys also add depth at the quarterback position and sign quarterback Luke McCown. McCown has agreed to a one-year, $250,000 deal with $80,000 to, uh, to sign and $170,000 guaranteed on his base. This signing comes after uh, Zach Dicer went down to a back injury and is expected to be out for the season, and the Cowboys released wow. Zach Dicer. So, wow. Yeah. That's Sorry. To hear that's that's a that. tough break. Sorry to hear about a literal tough break there, yeah. Zach. I'm, you know, jokes aside, it, you don't you don't want to see a player go down and potentially Absolutely have a career end. Absolutely not. So, Cowboys making some moves there, right? Uh, well, we, I think we're going to come we back to those, the. We call those moves. We're going to. I think we're going to come back to the Cowboys here in a little bit. Let's move on. McCown and Hillman aren't the only veterans to find a new home. The Tennessee Titans have signed veteran linebacker Eric Walden. Last year, Walden managed to get 11 sacks and will look to play with the likes of Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan and Kevin Dodd. While Walden will more than likely be a third-down rusher or rotational player, he will still look to add some savvy veteran experience uh, to that Dick LeBeau defense. He had 11 sacks last year. That's pretty good. And and you know what? This just just goes back to what we talked about before as we neared draft time. Tennessee, man, they're starting to look really scary. They're they're adding smart smart guys. Making a lot of good moves. Smart moves, excuse me. Getting my tongue tied there. Getting, getting but dangerous over there. Speaking of Tennessee Titan players, you're gonna like this one, Big D. You're, oh, you're gonna love this oh, one. I, I got a feeling. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans have signed their Pro Bowl defensive tackle Jarrell Casey to a four-year, sixty-point-four million-dollar deal with forty million guaranteed. Casey has been the anchor to the Titans' defensive line and has been their most reliable defender over the past five years. Nothing to say more than, boys, you got to pay the big boys the big bucks, <laughs> and the big boy got to eat lunch this week. Absolutely, he did. That's, I mean, that, that's, that's a payday. That's a full-course meal right there. Yeah, that's a payday. That's, that's $40 million. You he, can eat for a while on that. That's some weed there. He, he ain't going hungry. That's he ain't for sure. hungry. You got to feed them big boys. They got, a lot, they got bigger appetites than the small guys. Since we're talking about players getting paid, this is the breaking news we were talking about yeah. before the radio show uh, excuse me, radio show started, the Minnesota Vikings and Xavier Rhodes are finalizing a five-year deal. A source from Chris Thomason indicated the deal would be worth around $70 million. Whew. Vikings looking to lock down their lockdown cornerback. I hope you guys like that. Mm-hmm. Rhodes is a former first-round selection and has five interceptions last season. You know, he may not be a big boy, but, but he's going to get paid this week. He's getting paid. He's got the big bucks. He's got the fedia. <laughs> Johnny Manziel ain't got nothing on this guy. Yeah. He's getting all the money. While we're discussing defensive players now, again, guys, 
A lot of NFL buzz. We're blitzing right through this we stuff. Are. We've got we're, to. We've got to. <laughs> While we're discussing defensive players, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks have swapped linebackers. DJ Alexander will be heading to Seattle, where Kel, uh, Kevin Pierre Lewis will be heading to Kansas City. Alexander is coming off a Pro Bowl season as a special teams player and did have some play time on the Kansas City defense. He had 16 total tackles in the regular season on defense and made one start. Pierre Lewis has struggled with injuries and has been inconsistent at times. Pierre Lewis uh, appeared in 34 regular season games with one start where he had 43 total tackles playing at outside linebacker. Kansas City, what are you doing? So, I mean, really, they didn't – neither team gave up or lost a whole lot with that trade. I mean, it was just literally swap, you know, linebacker yeah, for linebacker. Yeah. So, that wasn't the only linebacker the, the Seahawks acquired, though. Oh, no. On Thursday, the Eagles cut 25-year-old Marcus Smith, and on Friday, the Seattle Seahawks and Smith agreed to terms. The Seahawks have in the past developed top-notch players, of course, but can they develop Smith, who has been regarded to be one of the ugliest draft busts in Eagles lore? He was drafted in the first round a few years back. That was, I mean, that it was bad. He hasn't it, produced. It was, it was bad. It's, we're going to see, we're gonna have to see if the Seahawks can develop him. You know, back when that pick would have happened, if we'd been around when that pick would have happened, you know what the Eagles would have gotten? <laughs> you know what they would have gotten? Go! One of these. You know, I can remember even watching the footage of when he was drafted. I remember watching this draft, and Marcus Smith, you know, they announced his name, and I remember an Eagles player standing up with his arms out just going, who the hell is this? Like, like they had no clue who it was. Kid from Louisville. But, you know, yeah, well, it, it happens, you know. He didn't do himself any favors. Speaking of Eagles linebackers, though, Eagles linebacker Michael Kendricks announced on Friday that he has to be traded away. The Eagles were having none of it. Kendricks is under contract until 2019 and will make $4.85 million this season and more than likely wants to be traded due to him being underutilized. Well, play him, I guess, you know. I mean, you know, I can see where he's coming from. I mean, obviously, and we when we talk to some of our guests that have been on the show, these guys, they don't get in the NFL to ride the bench. They yeah. play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, Michael, come on, you're getting paid for over $4.5 million. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, take the money and run. Take the money and run. Man, I wish we had that sound bite. Take the money and just sit down. <laughs> take the money and sit down. Uh, while we're discussing trades again, or I guess now since we're, we can get back to trading, yeah, right. right? Yeah. I like this one. The L.A. Chargers have traded for Bills quarterback Cardell Jones for a seventh-round conditional draft pick. Cardell only appeared for one game as a rookie in 2016, he was 6 of 11 for 96 yards and an interception, and the Bills lost to the Jets 30 to 10 in Week 17. And listen, anytime you lose to the Jets, that's just terrible. Just... <laughs> Cardell will be reuniting with Anthony Lynn, who last year said Cardell is the kind of quarterback quote you want waiting on the runway. So, Lynn likes what he sees in Cardell. You know, we saw Cardell play, and you know, I mean, I know everybody <clears> say we guys are you know, in Ohio, you're gonna love, you know, gonna love the Ohio State players, but you know, no, no joke. We saw Cardell play uh, a lot of games, and he was very impressive in those games. I mean, when he had to step up, I mean, that's what the Urban Meyer's philosophy is: next man up, if it has to be. You know, when he had to step up for that national championship, the Big Ten championship, in the Bama game, he filled in and he played phenomenally. He did. Um, last year wasn't as good, but you know. Again, he needs some time. He needs to learn how to play. Or learn how to play. He needs the experience to play. And you know what? It's going to only benefit him to be right behind Philip Rivers. He's one Absolutely. of the passes in the league. Absolutely. So. You know, I actually wanted Cardell to come on the Steelers just because you look at those guys, him and Big Ben, 
they're they're kind of the same. Body, body build is pretty similar. Yeah, so I mean, I would play pretty well. I mean, look, we talk about the importance of veteran leadership, but really, when you look at this move, this is a win for Cardell Jones. Yeah, absolutely, because win they him. want him too. Obviously, uh, you know, it's a huge win for him because honestly, we don't know how many. You know, Phillips Philip Rivers is a great great quarterback. Yeah. We don't know how many more seasons he's got left. Right. So all the better time to bring this guy in, groom him, yep. to potentially take over. I mean, when you talk about quarterbacks in this day and age, right, or this era of football, right, and you talk about quarterbacks that don't have Super Bowl rings, Phillip Rivers is among the top guys, easy. Yeah. So yeah. to learn from Phillip Rivers, it's a, it's, it's a great honor. Yeah. Moving on, while, but while still on the quarterback subject, yeah. here we go. According to Ian Rappaport, Joe Flacco is preparing to miss three to six weeks due to a disc issue in his back. Ouch. Ryan Mal, as of now, will be serving as the first-string man until Flacco comes back. But something to keep in mind here is that this isn't something that's just going to go away. Oh, no. It's, it's not halfway through the season right now or towards the end of the season where, you know, Flacco only has a couple weeks to manage it. Flacco has the whole season to deal with this, and this could flare up after just one hit. And oh, trust yeah. me, in his division, uh, yeah, and something else to keep in mind is their first four games of the season – Three out of those four games are against division opponents. And and Ted left also not forget, and this is a, this is something more to consider is the fact that he had one heck of a contract signed. With oh him. yeah. So where is that placing his Absolutely. value in the you're gonna you've got to think there's gonna be a renegotiation of that contract <laughs> if it keeps that, if it keeps that, happening if, it, if he can't play. And uh, I mean you look at week one. Let's look at week one. Since at Cincinnati. That's going to be a tough one. And we all know how how much of a bitter game that was, the last matchup between the two. So then you also look at the Cleveland Browns in week two, okay? And then guess what? Week four is against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I mean, I, I think <laughs> the week, you know, the, you know, the Browns game, I mean, I'm not as worried about It's still a divisional game, and they're still going to come game. play. They are. Come they to play, both football. Come to play. Well, they ideally should come to play every game, but right. that's just me. Yeah. Uh, you know. So you add this injury to the top of the, begin- their, the beginning of the Ravens' schedule, and um, you <laughs> – doesn't look good. Their division plays smash mouth, hard-hitting, gritty football, and it just does not bode well for the Ravens. Then you've got to take into account at their backup quarterback. Okay, Ryan Mallett is 30 years old. He is a three out of five win starter. Uh, and also you have to look at how the Ravens run game is so far. And this season for the Ravens could be a long one because of this yeah. reason. Yeah, it could be a very long I'm season. not saying and, Joe – And i got to tell you, uh, one of the things you didn't mention is yeah. how important it is uh, for the Ravens to start out well in the – Yeah, you got to start hot, yeah. You've got – and this is really you, – you can make this argument for a lot of – a lot of these teams in, in the NFL, I mean, obviously they're at the highest level right. uh, that you can play at. But on the other hand, this is a division where if you fall behind, you're, you're done. Like, right. you know, we saw what happened a couple, you know, just a couple of years ago when, when the Bengals fell behind early in the season, right. they had to claw their way back. And they, and I mean, they won nine games. They still don't make the playoffs. Yeah. So. so, you know, and then you've got, again, Joe Flacco. I, I don't want to say Joe Flacco is elite because I don't believe he is elite. Uh, I would put him at good. You know what I mean? You've got, like, elite, very good, good. He's good, but I'm not going to put him at very good or elite. Um, but with him going down, he's their top guy. Uh, Ryan Mallett uh, only playing eight games. Yeah. No, no, five games because it's three of five. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, I don't know if you heard this, but Ryan Mallett pretty much had a mental breakdown in practice the other day wow. because he threw five interceptions. Wow. Yeah. 
So this isn't looking good. This is buckle up, Ravens. <laughs> buckle up, baby. Ravens fans, you better be ready for this season because this, hey, this could be a guys, long one. Guys, just just remember uh, for fantasy football, if uh, Matt Mallon starts, whoever he's playing against, that's the defense you, you have really to play have that. We, we go five interceptions if you're in a PPR league. Get those interceptions while you can. So uh, I know we talked about them earlier, um, but we got to save this part best oh. for last for the Cowboys, right? Not again. <laughs> I mean, it seems like we're throwing out. You know, we're. I think we're going to change the Homer moments to Cutler moments. Cutler moments. I think so. I, I think we got to because it, it seems like the Dallas Cowboys offseason has been a Jay Cutler game. It's like a Jay Cutler season <laughs> in slow mo. It's uh, a Jay Cutler season in slow mo here, guys. So let's go ahead. Give it to him, Ted. Cowboys defensive end Demontre Moore has been suspended for two games for violating the NFL policy and program for substances uh, of abuse. According to NFL.com, Mark Sessler, Moore was arrested in December on charges of driving under the influence and driving with a suspended license. At the time, Moore was a Seattle Seahawk and then was picked up in free agency by the Dallas Cowboys in March. Moore is one of the number of players that have gotten in trouble this offseason and is going to face disciplinary. Listen, Ted, listen, we've talked about this before. And the Dallas Cowboys, you guys just keep on doing this. I had to abuse you guys. I'm, I'm not even going to give you guys advice this time. Go! Go. You know what? You get to double dip. Come on. Go! Driving with a suspended license, you knew the only way you weren't supposed to be in that car, boy. Absolutely. And, I mean, driving under the influence is, is way worse. You didn't worse. even have a license. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, you know. How do you get to the field? <laughs> How's this guy getting there? Is he taking the bus? So, anyways, I mean. I mean, I think he really worn out that button last week, let alone, you know, I'm surprised that's how he worked. out on the Cowboys, man. Yeah. I tell you. Speaking of the Cowboys getting in trouble, go ahead and give, them a, give the Cowboys a dough for listen, hiring them. Listen, Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, what are you doing over there down in Jerry World? Go! It's, it's going to become Homer World pretty quick. <laughs> Homer World. <laughs> going to change the stadium name. Oh, my I want gosh. money, Jerry. If you change that stadium name, I want money for that. Absolutely. Send us a check. Uh, we're, we're patenting the Homer we're moment. We're patenting <laughs> So, now, Lucky Whitehead. I'm sure you guys have heard about this. <laughs> we're, we're laughing. Sorry. Get it back, Big D. Bring it in. Lucky Whitehead hasn't been that lucky as of late. Pun intended. Trust me, that was intended. Oh, he was waived by the Dallas Cowboys on Monday after reports of him being arrested on shoplifting charges in Virginia. But come to find out, it had been a case of mistaken identity. Not only did the Cowboys not stand by Lucky and released him over false charges. When asked by reporters about what the Cowboys' explanation was, Lucky said, and I quote, the explanation, I don't think I really got an explanation, end quote. Not only did the Cowboys not give an explanation, they also have not yet offered an apology for And you were just talking about it earlier. Jason yeah, Garrett doubling Jason, down. Jason Garrett, not only did they do this, Lucky, Jason Garrett doubled down. And in an interview just, just a couple of days ago, <laughs> yeah. uh, he said – He's sending a message to the organization that these behaviors won't be tolerated. You know what, though, Garrett? You're not sending too many messages because I'm telling you right now, I am not impressed with what I've seen as far as disciplinary action goes with the Cowboys, especially when it comes to people like Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, get, I, yeah, I mean, the, what standard are they setting? They say they're setting a standard. They have the bar set. But then, well, your players are still getting in trouble. Lucky they're still on the roster except for Lucky. Well, and he know, didn't do nothing. Lucky didn't even get – didn't even do anything. Gets a gets, – gets – Caught up because somebody thought it was him. Wasn't yeah. even him. Comes out and he's clean as a he's, a, he's smelling like a bed of roses here. Right. Ezekiel Elliott's out there getting in bar fights. 
Get, Zeke's getting in trouble. Uh, Randy Gregory is getting in trouble. Listen, don't even bring up Randy, uh, Randy Gregory. I mean, again. That's just you know, Irving's getting in trouble. It's just, it's just one Listen, thing after another. to the entire Dallas Cowboys organization, you know what happens when you make bonehead moves like this? Yeah, and you so force your play, you, when you force your players to go play for the Jets, for the Jets, you get in the dough. Go! I mean, it could, that could arguably be the, the biggest slap in the face. Lucky had to go play for the and Jets. And you know what? Lucky you get this. Hope you get some of this, but you also get one of these too because you know what? You should have just held out for a better. No! Oh, lucky. You could have done. What were you doing? Well, that and you know, how did this guy get his social security, his name, his date of birth? He got all of his information. You know, that's how the misidentification came about. You know, I, come on, guys. Seriously. Got to get with it, Dallas. Now, that's it for NFL Buzz. That was a lot, yeah, though. That was a lot. We got through that though pretty quick. Good. Twenty minutes. Yeah, about a little, little over. 20 we're doing pretty good. But again, guys, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 718-508-9883, or get on our Facebook page, man. Get on there, like our page, like right our videos, now, start commenting. I'm going to start giving you guys one of these. Every time I don't see a like on that page, you're going to get one of these. You're going to get one. Go! You don't want to be that. You don't want to get that around here. I'm glad I'm glad you don't, you know, there's not like a Homer gun or something like that. No, you I, get pretty I, would, I would start <laughs> firing that thing off. Okay. Tell me about the rated. All right, guys, NFL Draft Recap, Oakland Raiders. Right on. We're going to start with the first-round pick, Gary and Conley, cornerback out of V. Ohio State University, round one, pick 24. We haven't talked about it on the show before, or we have, excuse me, we have talked about it on the show before. The Raiders needed some secondary help, bad. Enter the first-round selection, Gary and Conley. Has been a starter over the past two seasons. In 2015, he was honorable mention, all Big Ten pick with 49 tackles, two interceptions, and five pass breakups. In 2016, he was a second-team All-Big Ten pick with 26 total tackles, four interceptions, and eight pass deflections. Conley has good speed, running a 4.44 in the 40. He also has experience at both quarterback positions as a press corner. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. But he has also he also has the ability to go into coverage as well, which obviously is good. He needs to improve on his run support. Um, can lose track of his man. Uh, and needs to work on his consistency as a tackler. He's six foot, one ninety five, thirty three inch ar- uh, arm length. That ain't bad. Uh, so he's got good size, good speed, and soft hands. Look for Conley to make an impact on the Raiders defense. You know. Well, you know, one thing that I I look for is hustle in the player. Conley's got a lot of hustle. Yeah, uh, he's got fifteen pass deflections. So I mean, he may not, he may be struggling as far as as far as tackling goes, but he doesn't have to tackle anybody if they never touch the ball. That's true. Very true. Love it. Next guy, Obi Melifonwu, safety out of UConn. This pick I really like. Round two, pick 24. A lot of people liked it. Let's start with the obvious. This guy is a physical freak of nature. Standing at 6'4", 224 pounds, with 32-and-a-half-inch arm length. Um, that's pretty good. You know, Austin Austin says that uh, some, some scouts like Conley more than Lattimore, and I say not so fast. I like Lattimore more. <laughs> Sticking with Melifonwu, though, he ran a 4-4 in the 40-yard dash and has a 44-inch vertical and a 141-inch broad jump. Are you kidding me? He's a big boy, too. He's 6'4", doing this, yeah. He's an inch and a half shorter than me. Yeah. He's he's, doing that. Yeah, he's jumping like crazy and running, you know, crazy stuff. Ted, he is a monster when it comes to hitting, too. Yeah, he's a four-year starter. His stats from his collegiate career are 349 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, Eight interceptions, four coming from just last season alone, 
two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. And with his big size, he's able to take on tight ends and big spot wide receivers. He's inconsistent with coverage sometimes. Uh, and seeks need some tuning. Uh, but he will be playing for, you know, behind the likes of uh, Carl jo- Joseph and Reggie Nelson. Carl Joseph, I believe, will probably have his job pretty secured. Yeah, um, I would think. Reggie Nelson Barking, is an really. yeah, Reggie's an aging vet. And if Obi can show this team he's ready to go, they'll, you know, they'll be ready to pull the trigger if one of these guys slip up. Well, and you know what the other thing is? We haven't explored the possibility, but Obi might even shift a corner or play free safety instead of strong. I mean, well, I mean, <clears throat> both both safety positions, Carl Joseph and Reggie right. Nelson, right? So, right, I mean, Re- yeah, Re- yeah, Reggie, though, Reggie, though, I, he's I, not getting any younger. So. He's not, you know, and, again, that's why I say if Reggie, you know, shows his age and he's starting to lose a step or if he slips up a lot, in comes Obi. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a good, good, solid depth pick. I got really, the Raiders are uh, looking forward to the future. Well, yeah, and that's another pick for the secondary, Yeah. you know. But I want to ask you this. Will his nickname be Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know what? He gets some if he if he gets a few pick sixes, I think he might just earn that nickname. So maybe like something like Jedi Knight or something like that. He gets to come in as player number one though. Yeah. Will he get the number one? We'll have to find out. Next guy, Eddie Vanderdoes, Doze, Vanderdoes, defensive tackle, UCLA, round three, pick twenty-four. Does not. (laughs) In the 2015 season opener against Virginia, Eddie tore his left ACL and had to redshirt for the remainder of the season. Looking to bounce back in 2016, Eddie was only able to manage 28 tackles, one and a half uh, for a loss. Uh, he's 6'3", 305 pounds, but you combine that with an ACL tear, and there are some real concerns there. In 2014, he showed promise by starting in 12 games and garnished 50 tackles, five and a half for a loss and two sacks. Uh, he has slow reaction time. Production has been lacking for two years now because of the ACL. Um, he carries weight poorly on his upper body. He is an athletic pa- – and powerful, you know, I, I'll say somewhat athletic, but he is powerful. Um, but when you, you're that heavy and you have that big of a knee concern, it just does not bode well uh, for your health. He has the talent to be a disruptor or even just be a somewhat productive defensive tackle. And he will get a shot with the Rangers defensive tackle position being thin. Uh, but it may only be rotational. You know, I mean, they've got to worry about that. This, that is, a pick I, this is a pick I don't like. Um, you know, I, I often say, you know, pay the big boys the big bucks, but, you know, Vander was just not productive. I, I, get, I know that he had the but yeah. not only is that a concern moving forward, but I have to wonder, does, does he have that killer instinct you know, that he needs to have? And the thing is, is people are going to say, well, Adrian Peterson recovered from ACL. This player recovered from ACL. But listen. But this guy's carrying a lot more weight. They, yeah, these, these, these big guys are up in each other's faces, pushing each other around, bending to the left and to the right. And with that much weight, it could be huge. And it could really and be bad. And you're looking at a guy whose job depends on stopping running backs. Right. These, these running backs are running directly at defensive tackles. Or around. How or around. Run around. Run around. <laughs> Ideally, you're running around, but more than likely you're going to run into them. Yeah. Uh, you know, one hit, one bad hit, one wrong fall, one wrong, one that's, wrong pile up. That's the part, the fault. Because if they go down wrong or awkward, which is very possible, we, very see possible. All, we see it all, we see the, it time. all the time. So especially with linemen. Yeah, a big linemen like it, again, it just does not bode well for Eddie. And you know, for a third round pick, not my favorite. And you know what? You know what happens, Ted, when you when you make picks that don't make sense in the third round. You no! get one of these. Just, come on, what are you doing out there? There uh, were better guys on board. And just so we, just so everybody knows, because you know, I'm sure there's actually somebody questioning this. 
he was projected rounds three to four. So they picked him in the right rounds, but in my opinion, you let him slide. You let a guy with a history of serious injury like that slide. So next guy, David Sharp, offensive tackle, University of Florida, round four, pick 23. Sharp was an All-American basketball star in high school and could have played at the collegiate level, but he decided to take his talents to football. This is a big man, standing at 6'4", 343 pounds. And to go with that big frame, he's got some big arms, 35 and three-quarter or three-eighths inch arms. Um, that's pretty long. That's a pretty big guy. Yeah. Um, uh, so he started all 13 games. Yeah, he started all 13 games last season. He can become an anchor for this O-line, uses his size and mass to overwhelm his opponents. Uh, his opponents. He's a mauler. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't, to be honest. Very, sometimes he can be stiff, uh, lack leverage and lateral, which could limit him. Uh, with Donald Penn, though, not getting any younger at 34, and them having some, you know, contract issues. Yeah, the Raiders could be looking to dra- uh, to the draft uh, to find a potential replacement for Penn. And at the very least, with this kid, you know, it's a solid pick. You get it's some depth. depth. Yeah. You get some depth, and, yeah. uh, you know, you have somebody go down on the offensive line, you move man. Well, and guess what? He was projected rounds two to three. They got him in the fourth. I, good value. I, I think it's a good value, and honestly, I, I really am looking forward to seeing if he gets to – start on that team. Now, it may not be paying the big boys the big bucks, but you got to get the big boys in there to pick, protect that quarterback. That's right. That's why we pay them the big boy bucks. <laughs> and Derek Carr needs all the protection he can get, especially coming off a year in which he got injured. Absolutely. Um, so, Markel Lee, linebacker, Wake Forest, round five, pick 24. Arguably one of the Raiders' biggest needs on their team. Last season, Lee was arguably one of the most aggressive players in college football. With him getting 105 tackles, 20 tackles for a loss, which was top 15 nationally, seven and a half sacks, which was his career high, three forced fumbles. I mean, that's some good. That's some good football playing right there, Big D. You know, I like a guy that gets after the football, and that's how you get the big boy bucks. That's right. All right, you got to make that hustle. Uh, coming in at 6'3", 240 pounds, this prospect has good size, has great strength, 25 bench reps. That's pretty good. Uh, lacks yeah. athletic traits and coverage schemes. Uh, play speed is a bit concerned. I, you know, off the top of my head, I want to say it was like a high 4.5 or 4.6, uh, yeah, somewhere around there. It wasn't, he ran a 4.6. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Um, and then he runs into traffic. He bites on misdirection. Uh, Lee definitely has potential. But he will need to prove himself as a backup first or on special teams first. Um, he's a guy to watch to come out in preseason, right? A guy to maybe, you know, become a stud in preseason. Maybe he's learned a thing or two with the team. Um, he was projected for around six to seven. They got him in the fifth, so it's a bit of a reach. But, you know, I, I, I like the move, though, because they, they addressed the need that they had. Mm-hmm. They, had a, they had a need. They addressed that need. So Yes. Um, moving on from Markel Lee. Shalom Luani, safety, Washington State, round seven, pick three. What stands out with this prospect is his production over the past two seasons. He has uh, had, he, excuse me, he had 157 tackles and eight interceptions. He played soccer, which helps his balance and footwork. Has good read on quarterbacks, that's always helpful. Has good hands and good timing on routes. With production being his strength, it's also, unfortunately, his downfall. Lu- Luana has 31 missed tackles and 11 broken tackles in the past two seasons. He needs to work on his run instincts as well. 
Seventh-round draft pick, low-risk, high-reward. Man, I keep getting tongue-tied. But he will have a hard time with getting a starting gig. Again, we have we talked about it earlier. Yeah, I mean, Carl Joseph, Reggie Nelson, and now newly drafted Obi Melifonwu. You got those guys ahead of you. Um, he would likely be on special teams, you know. Yeah, um, but he may not even make the roster just because of lack of disciplined tackles. You know, one thing you have to be able to do – particularly when you're a guy in the secondary to make tackles. That's really basic, you know. I mean, doesn't uh doesn't do you any favors if you can't tackle people, you know. Absolutely. Next guy, Jillen Jylan Ware. Jillen, Jylan, something like that. Ware. <laughs> Offensive tackle, Alabama State, round seven, pick thirteen. This prospect stands out. Literally. Coming in at six eight, two hundred and ninety five pounds. This this is a big man. He's athletic and has good movement for his size and could develop faster than others. I mean, he knows his size and length, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, even though he's already big, he will need, I think, to add more muscle. Um, he's got inconsistent footwork, uh, which may cause some of his balance issues. He's slow when coming out of his stance, too. He's got to be able to burst out of that yeah. stance. Again, I think some muscle will help. That's him. a large frame to move. Oh yeah, exactly. That's a large frame to move. It's six eight. I yeah, two hundred ninety five pounds. Yeah, that's a big boy. That is a big boy. He is a he has the building blocks. He has the tools, and will need coaching and more experience. But he may have a nice career in NFL. That could be a great asset. To yeah, that offensive I mean, line in the future. and it could be a steal. I mean, that, that again, he's got the building blocks there to be a great player. He's got he's got the size. Absolutely. For sure. Next pick, Elijah Hood, running back out of North Carolina, round seven, pick 24. Would like to have seen Hood stay for his final year, but over the course of three years as a Tar Heel, he was able to get a total of 2,580 rushing yards on 430 attempts, giving him six yards per carry along with 29 touchdowns. Powerful and elusive. Uh, He's instinctive. He can accelerate between the blocks, has good pass protection skills, and was at time the lead blocker in the run game. So they had another running back doing some runs while he was out there to help so he could block for him, Big D. He lacks some speed. He lacks elusiveness. Uh, he will more than likely, you know, be the grinding style or bruising type running back that we, you know, you see like LeGarrette Blount, Marshawn Lynch kind of um, running back. He joins a crowded backfield and gets to learn from Marshawn Lynch. That right there in itself is, you know, could learn some not very nice things. Yeah, I mean, it, it can only help to learn from big, good veterans. Absolutely. Next kid, I like this pick. We both like this pick, let's be honest. I do, I do like this. Trayvon Hester, defensive tackle out of Tuledu, Toledo. Round seven, pick 25. The Raiders, fourth, seventh round pick, and final pick. Yes, they had four picks in the seventh round. Hester's senior year, he decided to lose 20 pounds. In order to gain some quickness, he's now standing at 6'2", 300 pounds with 32-inch arm length. And him shedding weight helped him out uh, with Hester getting 39 tackles, eight and a half tackles for a loss, five sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one pass deflection. Some pretty good production. He's got good quickness, active hands, good arm movement with swiping and chopping, which helps shed, you know, helps to shed the blocks quickly. And not to mention he's also got some good power. His motor can run out, though, after long reps. So if they go out for a while, you know, he gets tired. He's a big boy. Yeah. Um, inconsistent pad level. He drops his head on contact. Needs to have a wider base. Inconsistent pursuit um, effort. And needs to improve at the point of attack, right when he's there. Um, we mentioned it earlier. The Raiders 
do not have a lot of quality depth at defensive tackle. And with this size and quickness, Fisher could be put in the rotation. And, Very quickly. And he can improve on what we mentioned, what he needs to improve on. He's got time. He does. He does you have know, time. So, there's still training camp. There's still preseason. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a shot. He does. Um, draft grade. Of course, when we do the draft grade, guys, we do not tell you right away. we got to give our synopsis here. The Raiders needed help on defense the most. And with them using six of their nine picks on defensive players, they tried to address those issues. First off, I love what they did to address their secondary in this draft. Conley is a solid cornerback and will more than likely start early. Obi Milifonwu is a freak and will be ready to go if Nelson or um, Joseph yeah. pick up. You know? uh, the Raiders' third-round selection had me scratching my head a bit. I know there's a need for DT, but when you address it, you, know, you, get, you get a guy who's mediocre stats, subpar really stats. They're really subpar. Um, and is a big guy with an ACL history, uh, ACL chair injury. Um, you know, I, I don't like that. I would have much rather seen the Raiders get a guy like Montrevious Adams, who was a defensive tackle who was picked in, uh, picked five Or even go, after, later. Or even go after another weapon for Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, you could, uh, you know. Plenty of offensive options in the draft at that point. Right. I mean, you could have waited around for Vanderdose if you really liked him. Yeah. Right? And gotten a, an effective tight end um, or another productive cornerback. Or you could have gotten another O lineman. Yeah. You know? And there were still some good ones on the Absolutely there was. Sure. Round four selection was a solid one, especially when he was projected for rounds two to three. Uh, I think they they're gonna look to utilize him pretty early. Yeah. Um, the linebacker they selected can be productive, uh, and will look to make a name for himself as a backup you know, special teams right away, but may see himself play only on third downs and certain blitz packages if that. Yeah. You know, he's gotta work his way up. He's gonna have to earn it. <clears throat> And I like what they did with the seventh-round pick. I'm not going to do each one, but we're going to cluster them together a little bit. All were productive at some point in their career. Just don't know if they have um, – if I would have used low risk. all four. Yeah, I don't know if I would have either. But, you know, seventh round, low risk. High, high reward. reward, yeah. And, again, what I think what I would have done is taken two of those seventh-round picks and, you know, maybe traded them. Yeah. Go up, you know. Go up a pick or – Up a pick. Not even um, maybe next this year. year. Yeah, just next year yeah. even. Uh, overall, though, this was a solid draft class, and they had some shaky moments with it mainly being a third-round selection. But they went out, got some guys who can make an impact right away, and have some that can make it maybe make an impact earlier, uh, later this season. I think if it was me, like I said, I would have tried to trade two or three even yeah. of those seventh-round draft picks, um, even if it was for next year. Ed, um, we've got a question. Hold on one second. We've got to give the grade. I gave him a B. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to give the Raiders a B because yep. the Raiders did address some of the needs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they did get some effective depth at I, some positions that they needed. I think the only position they didn't address was tight end. Yeah, I feel like that was something they definitely had an opportunity to definitely fix this There's, year. There were some, some good tight ends. Good tight ends yeah. this year. Um, I think that's one area where they dropped the ball. I also think uh, there were as many receivers as there were in in this draft. They could have even done that. Maybe yeah. get a slot player. And I mean, I would I wouldn't be too worried about wide receivers just because when you've got Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, I mean that right there alone is going to take away yeah, a lot you of. Can never have too many receivers. I mean, no, you can't because look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look at the New England Patriots. Yeah. You know, those guys have a plethora of guys that can come in and make plays on offense. But I'm, what I'm saying is, is they don't have hardly anybody at tight end, and they need somebody. Um, so anyways, let's uh, – you said we got some questions here. We have some questions. Ted, how many Super Bowls does the Raiders' name have? The Raiders' name? Just the so Raiders' name. They were, remember, they were in L.A. at one point, too. So I'm going to say three. 
You're right. Three. Uh, another one. Who was the Atlanta Falcons quarterback in their first Super Bowl? I know the answer. Oh, gosh. I know the answer, too. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't think of it. It was Chris Chandler. Yeah, that's right. And he lost yeah. to John Elway. That's right. Oh my and you God. know what was crazy about that is John Elway was 38 and was one of the oldest players to win the MVP. Yep. Tom Brady did it after that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's – gosh. That's, that's been a ways. Yeah, that's been a ways. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Now, the oh, so Austin, Austin Austin wants to let us know they did get um, Jared Cook. He's a solid option. Jared Cook is solid. But, again, yeah. you know what? He, he had his – uh, let's see, two two or three years ago, he had a good year. Last year, he had a decent year. But guess who he had thrown to him? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, you know that happens when you when you have Aaron Rodgers thrown to you, you tend to do pretty good. Yeah. You know, uh, he said Cordero. I, I see Austin said Cordero Patterson. I'm more concerned with the fact that Cordero can't seem to not be injured. So I'm not. I, I like I like Cordell. I like I like. I I see Cord- Cordell as being more of a special teams guy. Now we've got a commercial break here. Um, Let's go ahead and go to break and come right back, guys. Maybe if Big D can get her get her picked up here, Big D. I am. You had the doze ready though, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I had that stuff all cute. Just there it is. Let's go. Attention, business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com to keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. On eight and a half inch by eleven inch aged parchment paper, and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults, and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more, only at www.etsy.com/shop forward slash letters from homes for five dollars today you can buy a wealth of things get a steer car rent a movie for the family a few slices of pizza five dollars still takes you a long ways but did you know that five dollars can buy your child a bag of heroin on the street that's right for only five dollars your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country be aware of the lies be aware of the feelings be aware that's all it takes to kill your child five dollars this message was brought to you by casey's car a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscar.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Car, www.caseyscar.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? 
Do you even know they still print real paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-to-shoe comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable spends in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back, guys. Coming back from the break here. Uh, just so you guys know, Corey Felton Jr. and Daryl Rudy has not called us yet. We're still waiting on that phone call. No problem, though. We're going to keep plugging away, aren't we, Big D? We are. We've got to. We do. We've got to, man. One monkey doesn't stop this show. That's right. Nobody does. That's right. So, we're moving forward. With the Falcons. Atlanta. Talking about some birds. Yeah, some Atlanta Falcons, baby. Dirty birds, as I call them. <laughs> Takaris McKinley, defensive end at a UCLA round one, pick 26. If you watch the first round of the draft and don't, that name doesn't stick out to you. You, you will remember Tack holding up the, uh, the picture of his dead grandmother, uh, honoring her because of the promise he made her while she was on her deathbed. Uh, you know phenomenal. What? If you if you didn't if you don't know about this kid, let me tell you, this kid is phenomenal. We're gonna we're gonna learn you. We're gonna learn today. <laughs> Last year, Tack put on a show, getting 61 tackles, 18 tackles for a loss, and 10 sacks. Along with that, he was able to get three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and six pass deflections. With those stats, he had at least a tackle for loss in uh, nine straight games, at least one in nine straight games. That's pretty good. He is standing at 6'2", 250 pounds with 34 and three-quarter inch arm length. Got some long arms, man. I like this guy. I really did. He ran a 4.459 and a 40-yard dash. What? I'm very jealous of the birds. (laughs) I was hoping he'd go to the Packers. (laughs) With the combination of his speed, size, and length, you have a guy that can get in the backfield, swat the ball down, and – he has a really big tackle radius, doesn't he? He does. Uh, relentless motor. He's a playmaker. Uh, some stuff he needs to work on. His hand skills definitely needs improved. Uh, arms need to swipe, swipe and chop a little better. Um, add a little more strength, a little more power. Footwork needs to improve. Uh, and he's a little stiff. Needs to be a little more loose, you know. But uh, that's that's all going to come in time. And honestly, uh, he's joining he's joining a defense that's already pretty pretty. Well, he's joining Vic Beasley, man. Yeah. I mean, opposing quarterbacks aren't going to like that. They're not. And I think Tech can make an impact very early. Yes, baby. Tack attack. Tack attack. You like that? I do. I, I just love came, it. I just I just came up with that. And, and so you know what, Ted? Yeah. They're not allowed to use it. Well, uh, no, we're going to pack that money. Pack attack. You hear me, Atlanta? Don't you take my stuff. So, next guy, Duke Riley, linebacker out of LSU, round three, pick 11. They did not have a second-round pick. They traded it away. Joining former teammate Deion Jones, Riley comes to Atlanta to help bolster that Falcons defense in the first three years as a Bayou Bengal, right, LSU oh, Tiger. Yeah. You don't, you don't like that Bayou Bengal thing? Right? I, I, I just, you know what? I just don't like this pick, then. Oh, gotcha. He played 30, in 39 games, but he stayed patient and started all 12 games in his senior year and garnished 93 tackles, nine tackles for a loss, one and a half sacks, one interception, one fumble recovery, and one pass deflection. A one-year wonder who managed to produce. Um, he's still a little undersized, standing at six foot, 232 pounds, 
Uh, his he's average being athletic. He's about average, you know. Yeah. Uh, needs to work on his strength and flexibility. Um, he will start out as a for a backup role. Uh, definitely will try to make an impact on special teams. Uh, but with the Falcons needing help and coverage, don't be surprised to see Riley out there uh, to help try to make an impact for this Falcons you know, defense. This, this to me, was the real head-scratcher pick for the Falcons. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, because I just felt like there were so many better options still available. This is one of those times where you, you, you know that somebody that was scouting had to have seen something that they really, really liked. Some, some intangible some that we don't know. Some intangible that we don't know. Because, yeah. you know, not no knock against Duke. I mean, he did lead his team in tackles. Right. But you look at this guy's size, you look at his athleticism, you know, these stats are kind of average. They're okay. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, the LSU Tigers defense was pretty good. It was. Um, and the reason why he didn't start in previous years is because that defense was so, had so many stops. Well, they players. had so much depth. But, yeah. You know, I mean, he, this is just not a guy that's going to blow you away. Right. That you draft. And, honestly, you know, not every, every single guy that you draft is going to blow you away. But this was, to me, kind of like – why it was I, more why of a, this this is a something this is a mess pick for you yeah this this is kind of like okay you know all right next guy Sean Harlow Sean Harlow offensive guard he's an OG he is he's an OG <laughs> Oregon State round four pick thirty has had experience at all positions on the offensive line which shows his versatility and adds more value to himself to himself from the for the team uh, with the Falcons O line all re- allowing last year's MVP Matt Ryan to get hit. 105 times last season. That's the fifth most last year. And they made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They need to address their O-line. Just imagine um, how many games they would have won if they wouldn't have been on his back the whole time. Yeah. Needs to work on run blocking. Needs to keep bend, you know, keep his knees bent um, and not, you know, straight and upright. Uh, footwork's a little sloppy. He was projected to go in rounds uh, five to six, so this is a little bit of a reach here. A little bit. Um, more than likely a backup starting out, but he can move up in the ranks or even be a plug-and-play guy for the O-line if someone gets hurt and could make make his mark then, you know? So, I mean, if, since he knows the whole line, how to play each position on the offensive line, you this know. This to me was a depth pick. De- definitely. Guy. And you know what? And it's really, well, hey, if this guy goes down, we've got a guy that can just plug yeah. right in there and play for us, you know? Uh, play you, you really got to like a guy that is multi-purpose. Yeah. This guy's like a Swiss Army knife of the offensive line. Which yeah. I like. I do like. That's why I said it adds more value to the team. I mean, that you know, it's kind of like with a regular job. How valuable are you to that company? Yeah. He's do you know, he was able to do that and say, hey, I can play all these positions. You need me. You know? Moving on. DeMonte Kazi. Mm. Love this pick. Yeah, you too. Cornerback, San Diego State, round five, pick five. The Falcons quite possibly got a steal with this pick. And I do mean that. No possibly about it. Can you say playmaking cornerback? My God. For the past two years straight. He was named Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. And for the past two years straight, he has tied for second most interceptions. Has good run support, as well as tremendous instinct. Obviously, he's got a lot of interceptions. In 2015, he had 75 tackles, five and a half, uh, five and a half for a loss, eight interceptions, two forced fumbles, and seven pass deflections. In 2016, Big D, 67 tackles, three tackles for loss. But here it is. Seven interceptions, one forced fumble, and eight pass deflections. And you know what? Here's what I really like about this guy. He's incredibly disruptive. Yeah. We talked about those last two seasons, but this guy, over his career at San Diego State, compiled 17 interceptions. 17. That's an unreal number. That's good. And 29 pass deflections. So, 
17, uh, 17 career interceptions, 15 of those came from the last two seasons. That's right. a bunch. That, this guy's production just continues to go up. This, yeah. That's why I really like this pick because this is a guy who is yeah. trending. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, he lacks a little, uh, size and speed. Uh, he's standing at 5'10", 184 pounds. He ran a 4.54 in the 40. Um, can be faked by play action and jet sweeps. Um, lacks the recovery speed to, to recover from those fakes. Um, you know, but he's, he was projected in round four. They got him in round five, so that's, that's good, good value. Um, it would be interesting to see, though, if the Falcons would want to put some muscle on him and possibly turn him into a safety or leave him in the slot role for the cornerback position. Uh, either way, though, this, cor- this prospect is just underrated. And look for him to make an impact on the Falcons yeah, defense. This, yeah, this guy, you better keep an eye on him because I feel like he's got Watch the, opportunity. He's he's guy, got, he's he's got the opportunity to make some big plays. Absolutely. Next guy, Brian Hill, running back out of Wyoming, round five, pick 12. Okay, talking about the Falcons. They drafted a running back. Running backs. Obviously, Hill isn't going to take the starting gig from Freeman or the backup role from Tevin Coleman. But, you know, you know both running backs are, yeah, but special both, teams maybe even. Both running backs are starters uh, or would be starters on most of the teams in the league. You know, even Coleman. For sure. Coleman's as the, good. Yeah, Coleman's good. Uh, but, but injuries could arise, and Hill does, does have good production and could be able to make his mark eventually. I mean, he just got drafted. He's got a few years to make his mark last year. He rushed 349 times, 1,860 yards, which was third in FBS, for an average of 5.3 per carry and 22 touchdowns, which was fourth in FBS, and only fumbled once. Fumbled once with all that production. That's pretty good. I don't like fumbles. Once. I know. I don't like any. He did did all of that in 14 games, which earned him first-team All-Mountain West honors. He has the size to be an every down back standing at 6'1", 219 pounds. Ball carry vision is, is it, you know, in between tackles isn't that great. Um, needs to be better, needs better burst right out of the gate. Um, hesitant in between tackles. He's projected round four, another good value pick, getting, getting him in round five. Um, you know what? I'm going to say this. Devontae Freeman took an insurance policy on himself. The Falcons took an insurance policy on the running back position. Indeed. Absolutely, got to. Next one. Got Eric. Eric, Sabert. Yeah. Tight end. Great. Round five, pick 31. In 2015, Eric caught 55 passes with 580 yards, averaging 10.5 yards per catch and seven touchdowns. That production went up where he caught 56 passes for 776 yards, averaging 14 yards per catch and 10 touchdowns. In both years, he was named first-team all-conference. Uh, in 2015, he was awarded third-team uh, honors. And in 2016, he was voted second-team All-American in the FCS, right, because Drake is an FBS school. Um, he has nice combination of size and speed and strength. Uh, he's, really, he's got a roller coaster-like game footage, lots of drops, needs uh, more effort as a blocker, and he's a raw, he's raw talent. You know, he's got potential. He does have potential. I don't like drop footballs. Let's be dropping the football around here, so Absolutely not. Still haven't got a phone call from Corey Fallon or Daryl. Uh, they say anything? No, they haven't texted me back at all. Interesting. Well, they don't call us, then we'll move on without them. I'm going to keep trucking. We still got to grade the Falcons, man. Draft grade for the Falcons is one second coming up. 
Overall, this wasn't a bad draft class, even with them having only six picks. Their first pick uh, will look to make an impact right away as they need some more pass rushers. Their second pick uh, will have a shot to start on their defense. You know, do you have a shot? Um, a starting right guard is a need, and they may have found their guy in Harlow. Uh, protecting Matt, Matt Ryan must be a priority, and the Falcons remember that. They potentially got a playmaking stud for the secondary in the fifth round with Demonte Kazi. 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 Yeah. Kamikaze. He is. And you know what? If he plays half as good as he did last season, the Falcons are going to be real scary. They're, they're, they're going to love him. Devontae Freeman, like I said before, took out an insurance policy. So did the Falcons in drafting Hill. I had to say it. They did. I've got to say it. You, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Getting a tight end was a need for the Falcons team, and they waited till their last pick to address this issue. I would have liked to have seen them get a tight end early in this draft, but can't always get what you want, man. Can't always get what you want, but you know what you can sometimes get what you need. Sure. And the Falcons did get what they needed. Uh, I gave the Falcons a B. You know, I'm going to give them a B minus. Uh, that that head scratching pick for me. Still, you just don't like Riley, I don't, huh? I don't like Riley. I just don't, you know, <laughs> I thought there were better players available. I just you know, it's not a knock on the kid, but I mean, you can't let it go. I can't let it go. <laughs> it was such a mediocre, like, meh pick for me that I was just kind of like, this is the best that you could do. You had six picks in this draft. I mean, you could have really added something with more potential. Right. But they did redeem themselves with Kazi because that, to me, was just a major steal. And how the kid got overlooked, I don't I don't know. I think it's because of the size and it's, where he went yeah. to school. And, you know, there's a couple factors. And But, but I'm going to tell you right now, after further review, you know, production, I, production. I like that production, especially in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Somebody that can bat down passes and get interceptions in a league that's really quarterback-driven Absolutely, is a huge asset to your team. So Absolutely. Let's see. Uh, let's see what uh, if Austin Austin's got some fun facts and all that good stuff Austin for us. Austin does have some of that. There it is. I here. see it. Fun facts. No fun facts this week. Oh, had technical difficulties all week, so could not get them done on time. Okay. So how, he goes, what if? What if the Giants don't pay Odell Beckham uh, the money he wants? He then leaves uh, town for a better payday. That's that's his that's his priority. You know that's uh, that's ODB's priority. You know. um, I think the Giants will pay him what he wants. I think so. Uh, he is going to get a big payday. Yeah. Uh, he's he's going to get. But what if he doesn't? But if he doesn't, and he goes somewhere else, if he doesn't, watch out because I know a couple of teams that are going to be looking for some big playmakers, mm-hmm. and one of them might just happen to be in that division. Maybe. Ted, Ted, could you imagine if somehow? Somehow the Redskins retain Kirk Cousins and then make a play for ODB. Well, I, you know, I would like to sit here and say, you know, what if the what if the Redskins got ODB, but they can't even they don't even want to pay their franchise quarterback the money, what let alone a wide receiver. But could you imagine Washington if you're listening, sign Kirk Cousins <laughs> and then go get ODB? Um, next one, John Gruden actually wants to get back into coaching. Really, yeah. I like that. I like that idea too. Go, go coach. Uh, How's he Jack, do that? Go, go. He, gets, he gets that weird face, the one on that, yeah. that you know, scrunch it up. Yeah. Go, go coach the Jaguars the Jag- or the Jets. God, they could use some help. They could use some help. <laughs> they could uh, use some help over there. Deshaun Watson is the real deal, and Dak has Dak Prescott. And has, has, has the Dak, Dak Prescott like season. season. I got you now. Um, that could happen. I mean, I, I, you know, Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Kaiser. Okay. 
thing. I you keep getting their names. Yeah, you up. keep getting Deshaun mixed up. That's the Texans. Yeah, Texans. Well, you know what? The Texans, they, they've got pretty decent offensive line. They've got good weapons, too. They've got some good weapons. Uh, Deshaun, if he, if he somehow starts and wins the job and all that good stuff and everything else, goes the way he wants it to, mm-hmm. I, I see no reason why he can't put up big numbers. Yeah, I don't either. And to be honest with you, I don't see why the Texans shouldn't go back to the playoffs. I, I don't either. I, you know, and I think that I think of that. Speaking of playoffs, we're going to have to sit down with Austin, and we're going to have to figure out, make Division, our predictions. Divisions. We're going to we're gonna get our predictions out and go. You know what I want to do, too, is get everybody's schedule out and say, all right, they win this game, they lose this game, they win this game, they lose we this game. We should do that. You know what I mean? And then that, that. If, we, if we do that to, uh, collectively – then we get a we'll we'll know by that yeah. who gets in and who doesn't. Anyways, back to this. Andrew Luck has to miss time in the regular season for his shoulder to fully heal. If that happens, Colts man, their 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 division has only gotten tougher. And we talked about it earlier with the Ravens. You got to start the season off hot. You do, and with their division, I mean, you look at Tennessee, who just like skimmed the playoffs. Yeah. They are hungry. Yeah, and they have made and they've some, got talent, and they have made so many just not not necessarily like big splash moves, but smart moves for their team. They have they have the potential to be really sneaky to steal that division oh, yeah. this year. Oh yeah, you look at the Texans who have essentially just reloaded at many positions. Yep, and then you look at the Jaguars who are steadily creeping up as yep. being a much better team. Yeah, uh, I don't like the Colts' chances of making the playoffs without luck. Without luck. Yeah, I, don't, I agree with that completely. All right, fantasy four. Who would you rather have on your team, Derek Carr or Matt Ryan? Mm. I gotta go Carr. I gotta go Carr. He's younger. He's got the talent like Matt Ryan does. Um, I, I I gotta go Carr. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go unpopular. I'm gonna go with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's got the experience. I don't know if that'd be unpopular because he won the MVP last year. You know, he, he's Bowl. got the experience. He's got he's got that MVP. Well, I mean, I would. I mean, unpopular for our viewership. They probably would like Derek Carr. I would go Derek Carr. Uh, I would personally go Matt Ryan just simply because he's not coming. They're both great quarterbacks. They're both great quarterbacks. So. Um, but he put up great stats last season. And yep. There's no reason why he won't do it again this year. Marshawn Lynch or Devontae Freeman? Oh my God. Uh. uh because you know Tevin Coleman's going to cut into Freeman's uh, load. Yeah. But they're just talking. Okay, so they're just talking. No, it's talking fantasy. It's fantasy. So, uh, yeah, oh boy. I'm going Coleman. I'll go Coleman. I'm going to. You mean you mean Devontae Freeman? Oh, yeah, Devontae Freeman, not Tevin Coleman. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to assume what he means with fantasy is a PPR league. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, uh, Freeman catches the ball or did catch the ball more yeah. than what Marshawn Lynch did when he played. Um, Lynch is more of a, you know, just downhill runner kind of guy. He really just runs the ball. He's a grind game. Yeah. Not saying he doesn't get you points, but Freeman uh, Freeman could get you more points with the catching game. So yeah. I like Freeman there. I like Freeman for the exact same reason. Okay. Because he's multi-purpose back. He's going he's gonna to touch the ball all Well, and you look at – people are going to say, you know, well, cut, Coleman could cut to the, the carries. But last year, Coleman got hurt for a few weeks. And guess what? Freeman – Reaped it. And, I mean, Freeman was a great pick for anybody that had him last year, yeah. and he's pretty consistent. So, next one, Amari Cooper or Michael Crabtree? Oh, God. I'm going with my boy, Michael I Crabtree. Knew it. I knew it. I'm going with Michael Crabtree. The magical catch against Texas still captures my heart to this day. <laughs> but not only that, Michael Michael can really go out and catch the ball. He's a athletic nightmare for a lot of the people that he has to go up against. And he's got pretty decent production over the last couple of years. I, I got to say, I'd go with Michael. I like Amari, but 
I got to go with Mark Cooper. He's the number one guy. He's the one that's going to get you the most points. Go with Mark Cooper, guys. Um, Jared Cook or Austin Hooper? Oh, God. Oh, wow. Um, that, that is hard. You know what? I was saying they didn't have anybody. Um, <laughs> I, 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 sorry. I was just saying how the Raiders didn't have anybody at tight end. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Hooper. Uh, only because there's the young upside. Um, the young upside there is good. You know what I'm saying? Um, Matt Ryan likes his tight end. Very, you know, Jacob Tammy could cut in a little bit, but I I, I got to go with the, the younger upside there. Yeah, I think uh, Austin, just because I don't know where Jared Cook's going to fit in yet. I, you know, there's no guarantee just because Jared Cook went, went there that he's going to start. Right, he may not get all. He may not get the throws that Hooper's going to get. So, I think I'd go with Hooper. Next, Raiders defense or the Falcons defense? Ted, Falcons baby. Again, go Falcons, Falcons defense. I know. Are the, you kidding? I know me? the Raiders addressed some of their issues with the secondary, but again, the Falcons defense showed us last year what they're made of. They had attack. Uh, to, to, yeah, attack, attack, Harris. attack. No, I want to say attack, attack, attack. That's what I wanted to say. And, and so, listen, Ted. Yeah. Ted, yeah. The only thing that the Falcons defense has to do now is just make sure that when they're up by twenty plus points, that they don't lose games. Yeah. All right. So, we, it's, hey, Falcons, you dare let somebody come back from twenty five points down? That's bad. Uh, next one, Taylor Gabriel or Muhammad Sanu, both are on the Falcons. Mm. Mm-hmm. They both got good upside. You know, I had Gabriel in fantasy. He was really quite productive. And, and so was Sanu. And Sanu. So was Sanu. Yeah. I mean. To be honest, you can't go wrong really with either one of those guys. Yeah, I like them both. Great safety valve catchers, and honestly, both of them did really well, particularly in (coughs) in red zone situations. Um, Great targets. You know, and the the question I would have then is where are they being drafted at? What you know, where's their rankings at? Um, I believe Sanu is pretty far back in the draft, if I remember right. He's in double digit rounds, and Gabriel really wasn't really super high. I think he was in the middle rounds. And kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Um, yeah, either way, I think you you win either way. Uh, personally, since I already picked Gabriel last year, um, uh, I say why not again? I like Gabriel. Absolutely. I mean, I, I like them both. So I, I, either way, I'm happy. But I think for me, with them both having similar production, I like the guy that's going later on in the fantasy draft. Yeah, I really do. I mean, Sanu is great. It's a great pickup. Um, next one, number two. Who are some sleepers on the Raiders and Falcons? Mm. Well, that's 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 real tough for me, um, you know, because they both have so many playmakers. If I, if I was going to go with the Falcons, I'm going to stand by Gabriel. I think Gabriel is a sleeper. Uh, I think yeah, he's a sleeper. Gabriel. I like Gabriel as a sleeper pick. Um, you know, he quietly for most of the fantasy league. I think I think what you, I, I think what you should say. Points. I think what you should say if you're going to go with a receiver is say whatever receiver between Gabriel and Sanu yeah. is the furthest behind, like the rankings yeah. that you can draft later in the draft. That's the guy you should go with. Yeah. Um, for me with the Falcons, I'm going to say watch Tevin Coleman. If Freeman goes down. Tevin Coleman can definitely give you the points he did, and when he was healthy yeah. last year, he got you the points. He got you, he Coleman, was a top ten running back for the longest get, time. Coleman can get you points. I like that a lot, and I, you know, just keep an eye on the Coleman um, Raiders. That's I know Marshawn Lynch is going in the second round. That's not really a sleeper. Um, I know Derek Carr is way, way back in the draft, like round ten, and yeah. I don't know but why. I, but I don't even consider Derek to be a sleeper. He's really not. But um, I guess you could say Jared Cook. That would be a good sleeper. Cordell Patterson would be another good one. Um, you know, there's, I think I'd say Patterson. 
Um, you like Patterson? I like Patterson as the sleeper for the Raiders because only because he is proven that he can get you special teams points as well. Uh, he's and I I can definitely see the uh, Raiders using him in that capacity as well. Kick returns, right? Uh, kickoffs, you know, and really that that is some three points right there. Usually, I mean, quarter, Patterson has some explosiveness. He has been known to make big plays, particularly on special teams. Mm-hmm. I like him as the Raiders sleeper. Okay, <clears throat> number three is Marshawn Lynch worth? a first or second round pick considering he's coming off retirement. Mm. I've, I've talked about it with awesome Austin before. Uh, I think him and I, him and I feel similar, similarly about this. Um, I'm, if, if I'm in the second round and I'm looking at Marshawn Lynch for a running back one, I'm going to hold off only because, especially if you're in a PPR league, there's other running backs that you can get that would be more beneficial for a PPR. Um, on top of that, we don't, we expect Marshawn Lynch to do well. We don't know. Um, he might have lost a step. He did get now two years older from when he last played. He's a downhill bruising type runner. That wears on a guy. It really does. Um, So we expect him to be good, but I would say away from him uh, around one or two. Three or four, I would say is acceptable. Do the Falcons suffer a You didn't answer. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I have to agree with you. In regards to Marshawn Lynch, I I mean, you kind of – you know, just based off prior what we've seen Marshawn Lynch do, you kind of expect him to be a consistent performer. But right now he's an unknown quantity. Having not touched the field in in almost two, four years really kind of under – you know, kind of lowers his value for me as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure – you know, what that impact is going to be. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how much working out he did when he was not playing, you know, how, what his conditioning is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to have a big, big, big effect on whether or not uh, he's a productive player. And also you have to think about wear and tear. Absolutely. On running backs. Absolutely. So next question is, should Julio Jones still be considered a top five pick? Look, guys, um, if you want to take my advice for fantasy football, what I'm looking at for a top five pick is, I'm usually going to go with the uh, running back position, especially in a PPR league. Uh, this this year I found out that I'm not in the top five. Uh, last year I was, um, but this year I won't be. And I'm looking at – if I was in there, though, I'd be looking at David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. and Ezekiel Elliott still. After that, you're going to be looking at Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham Jr. Well, you're still going to be looking at Ezekiel Elliott. So I, I'm, still looking at, I'm still looking at Ezekiel Elliott because even if he's got a suspension, it's not going to be, you know – Four or five games, it's probably going to be a one or two suspension. He's still worth a top three pick for me. Um, yes, Julio Jones is a top five. I would say it's probably number five, five yeah. but he's top five still. Just based on his past production, he's definitely top five. Right. Austin's got his fast five. Yeah, did the Falcons suffer a Super Bowl hangover, Ben? I don't know if they'll go back to the Super Bowl, but I think they'll do good this year. I don't think they'll suffer a hangover. Um, I think that, if anything, they're going to come back more motivated. They're going to be pretty yeah. upset about the, – they've got to be pretty upset about the way it's yeah. intended. Uh, I mean, if you're not, I don't know where you are well, on that. Or they, you know, they say hangover, but, you know, how many times do we see a team win a Super Bowl and they lose a lot of players? Yeah. They didn't really lose anybody. Yeah, they didn't really lose and they've anybody. And they've got a bunch of studs on their team. Um, I, think, I think the Falcons will be okay. I think they'll do fine. I are the Oakland Raiders Super Bowl contenders? Yes. The Raiders are Super Bowl contenders. I'm not ready to buy it yet. As much as, you know, I was kind of downing Marshawn Lynch a little bit just a second ago, he's still their best running back option, even if they had Latavius Murray sitting there. Yeah. Um, Marshawn Lynch is still going to be their uh, best option. Then you look at the rest of their team, Mari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, 
right? Derek Carr. I'll put it like this. If Derek Carr can put up the numbers he put up a season ago and stay healthy, they're Super Bowl contenders. Well, we talked about it a few segments ago. Derek Carr, without them or without Derek Carr, they 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 lose. They lose. Yeah. Yeah. Their car has to stay healthy. That's it's going to sure. hinge on his health and whether or not the defense can play can improve on what was an abysmal performance. On top uh, of that, we've got to see how their defense performs. Their defense was ranked horribly last yeah, year. Yeah, just like I said, their defense has got to play better. They were in the bottom category in many categories on defense mm-hmm. last season. If they're going to have a shot at the Super Bowl, I know it sounds cheesy, but defense does win you championships. It does. Yeah. It's offense, fast. you know, high-powered, high-flying offenses help. Defense wins you the championships, man. Um, number three, can Matt Ryan repeat as NFL MVP? I don't think he does this year. I don't think he will. Um, he He's definitely going to be a contender for it, I think, but he's not going to repeat. I, I mean, you've got Tom Brady. I mean, these are the guys you're going to be throwing out there. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan could be in talks. Big Ben um, Derek, could be in there. Big Ben could. Derek Carr. Then you look at running backs. you got Le'Veon Bell. We just mentioned David Johnson. And if Lynch has a breakout year, it could be him. Well, see, what I look at in a, a – a lot in of a, guys that in could a, be on there. Well, we talked about with Derek Carr. What I look at for MVP is value. What do you mean to a team, right? So what I'm saying is, is Tom Brady, he's got a lot of weapons around him. Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, they all have a lot of they weapons do. around him. If David Johnson – you know, if the Cardinals do well this season – and David Johnson's healthy and had a you know uh, had something pretty much him alone had something to do with it. He should win MVP. That's how that's how it should be, you know. He should, but but now but now it's a name game, and I don't like that. It's a name game. I don't like that. Um, and so it'll probably be a quarterback. I just don't think it's Matt Ryan. Moving on, who has the better chance to win the division in the Falcons or the Raiders? Well, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to say the Falcons. So I think the Falcons. The, I think the Raiders division is much tougher uh, as far as defenses go. Um, honestly, the, the Carolina Panthers aren't, aren't really blowing me away right now. They're, they haven't really been impressive over the last season or so. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints kind of slipped. They're starting to slip more and more. Um, and really, I mean, only the Bucks, in my opinion, are really the major threat to take that division away from the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the Raiders have it much tougher. They're going to have to deal with. Uh, the Chiefs, so even though the Chiefs are kind of starting to lose, they are starting to get long in the tooth on defense, they still are going to be a threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broncos, once they figure out their quarterback situation, their defense was phenomenal last season. That's what kept them in they, games. That's what kept them in games. And when you have to play them twice a season, yeah. that does not help you. You know, and, and people keep knocking on the Chargers. And the Chargers I, are quietly going to be yeah, especially a threat to steal that division. Especially if Mike Williams stays healthy. They got to keep yeah. people got to realize that record that the Chargers had last year is um, what I want to say misguided. It's misleading. Misleading. There you go. Um, it's it's they're a very sneaky team. Philip Rivers can sling it. They've got a phenomenal franchise running back in Melvin Gordon right now. They do. They've got again the weapons. Keenan Allen gets hurt, but he's still a good receiver when he's healthy. And their defense is gritty. Their defense is very good. Um, then, like you said, the Raiders are good. The Broncos are good, and the Chiefs are still somewhat good. I gotta agree with you as far as saying I think the Falcons went have a better chance. It's not a, it's not a, it's not it's a not, given. It's not, not a guarantee. Yeah, it's more of <sighs> they've got a slightly better chance because the NFC South is going to be tough too. It is going to be tough, but like I said, I, I like the Falcons' chances better of stealing mm-hmm. more divisional games than the Raiders, just because yeah. we saw how close a lot of the matchups were in the division for mm-hmm. the AFC. West and it was brutal. It was last season, so expected to be the same this year. Next question: If the Oakland Raiders win the Super Bowl, 
this year. Could it go down as one of the greatest moments in NFL history? Um, well, anytime any team wins a Super Bowl, it's a great moment. So I think with you know with asking that question, that's kind of a cheesy question. That, that is kind of a cheese question. Uh, uh, I don't think it's going to be the greatest awesome. in Super Bowl history. Awesome. You get a dough. Go! We ask him these questions like that on the air. Uh, but, you know, I, I, is this the greatest? No, I don't think so. Because I don't think they're moving to Las Vegas after this year, right? Yeah, they are. I, I don't – I think they are still. No, I mean, I thought it was the next – not this after this year. Yeah, I, I think it was after, it's after this Is year. it? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's the greatest. I, don't think. I don't think it's the greatest because their franchise has won multiple Super Bowls. Uh, it would be different. You It'd know, probably be their best Super Bowl memory. It would be memory. their best Super Bowl memory. Yeah, but I, I would think, think it's so. the greatest moment in their history um, because – Is he saying in their history or – In know, history. In NFL history. So I don't think it will be one of the greatest in NFL history. I think it will just be a, I, a, an inspiring you moment. You know, I hate to be biased here, but I can't help say, but say Super Bowl 43, Pittsburgh Steelers versus Arizona Cardinals. I was just about to say it. I'm glad um, you said it. If Arizona had somehow won that game, it yeah. was in their first Super Bowl win. Well, my, my point never is – won. My point is, you look at all the big plays that happened. But that there Super was Bowl. Some, um, I mean, the, the the Fitzgerald play was one of them. But the Palomalu. No, he didn't. He didn't have. He didn't do anything. It was James Harrison returning that fumble recovery for a touchdown, which was over 100 yards. Yeah, that was. Huge. Um, the San Antonio Holmes catch was phenomenal. I, you another know, catch, th- I mean, play. that that Super Bowl had so many crazy plays. It also had just great matchups. Yeah, physical yeah. matchups. I mean, it really did. Receivers and secondary. Uh, you saw a real chess match between the teams. Yeah. As far as offensive lines and defensive lines go, I mean, and I don't personally, I don't have anything against either franchise, but that is probably one of the best Super Bowls we've seen in recent memory. Well, and then you look at last year's Super Bowl. The Patriots came back. back from a 25 point de- uh, deficit. Come on now. I mean, come that, on. And and I mean, when you think about that, you think about the fact that they, I mean, they were people were tuning off when they, I went to bed. I mean, I I turned it off when, yeah. when when they were down that much at halftime. I was just like, yeah, done. Yeah, I don't want to watch this junk. Yeah, I I, I remember turning it off after the third so, quarter touchdown. I was just like, yeah, this felt is over. Stupid the next day but too. As far as the Raiders, nah, that's not the no. That's not won't be the greatest. greatest. No, um, too many big moments. It looks like though we do have a caller, Big D. Do we? We do. Let's go. You know. Caller, this is Straight Football Talk. I am Teddy the Bear Tate. This is Big D alongside of me here. Is this Corey Felton Jr.? Yeah. <laughs> hey. this How are we doing, Corey? I'm doing all right. Good, man. So, no word on Daryl, huh? Um, I actually tried uh, contacting him. You know, I didn't get any answers, so now I don't really know what's going on. So. Well, that's all right. I mean, we're more than willing to uh, interview you if you're okay with that. Yeah, um, I'm happy. I'm happy to be on. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you being on, Corey. Let's go ahead and get started, man. Um, you're listed as a cornerback, but from the footage that I've seen, you know, you've posted on social media and everything, your workouts and stuff. You're an athlete. You know what I mean? Um, is there other positions that you have played or are willing to play play at? <clears throat> Um, you know, um, I, I started I started playing football at uh, at the age of six. So, um, a, a lot of a lot of people don't really know that. Um, I was an outstanding running back. That 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 was actually uh, my first position, a running back. Wow. So you know, um, I played I played I played running back, um, wide out, 
I play all these positions like just growing up. I play running back, wide out, uh, safety, uh, cornerback, uh, backup quarterback, kick return, punt return. So, uh, you know, I'm just an um, all-around athlete, you know, but when I got to uh, college, you know, I was kind of like overshadowed, you know, um, by, you know, you know how it is when you get to college, and, you know, sometimes you get uh, lost in the shuffle, you know what I'm saying, being behind the top recruits coming in and things like that. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I, I totally get it. And, I mean, you and Daryl both are coming out of the University of Virginia, uh, Lynchburg, right, small school. Yeah, uh-huh, correct. Um, and you – correct me if I'm wrong, Corey, you weren't invited to the NFL Combine, correct? Uh, me and Daryl, uh, actually, um, we, we signed up uh, for the NFL Regional Combine. Uh, it, was, it wasn't okay, the NFL right. Combine. Uh, okay. Uh, can, you walk, can you walk us through the Regional Combine experience? A lot of people don't know what that is. Um, oh, um, well, um, me and Daryl um, – because when, when we was at Virginia University of Lynchburg, um, Darrell wasn't even playing running back. Uh, Darrell was actually um, playing uh, linebacker, uh, defensive end. Darrell was actually like the um, kind of the athlete on the team. Uh, the last year he squished to uh, running back. And, um, right. man, Darrell, um, we, we both attended uh, the regional combine in New Orleans. Um, you know, uh, Daryl, um, he was in all the top categories, uh, for, uh, running backs. You know, he ran four, four flat. Um, uh, I think Daryl jumped like, uh, uh, 11, 11 broad jump, uh, 41, uh, Bert. Yeah, he off the charts. Um, my, my thing, um, my experience from the uh, combine was, um, I, I feel, I felt like, um, I feel like I got screwed over um, at the combine. You know, no no disrespect to um, anyone job and what they do. You know, I respect everyone. I show everyone respect. You know, uh, right. But um, but here's the thing. You know the you know the forty time that I always post uh, with the four three seven. Right. Well, you know, well at the regional combine. They had that forty time at a four six flat. Um, last year around wow. draft time, Tyron uh, Tyron Scouting he uh, he works with um, Overlook Recruit and he want he picked he picked together uh, um, a draft profile for me and um, he he used my um, regional combine forty time as an advertisement to promote. Uh, they website to get uh, guys, you know, to uh, get profiles with them, and he added a time code to the video, and it came out at a four three seven, and he was telling me, uh, okay, there's no lie, and um, he say he 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 respect everyone's job, but he was like, um, I don't know what happened at the regional combine, but. This this four three seven from the video is all of your speed. Like like I don't I don't know what they did at the regional combine, but to me this is what you ran because 
What I know is oh, yeah. if you if you add a time code to a video, it it it, it does not lie. It's gonna start and stop on the dime. So, um, then like um like a uh, a lot of other testing numbers that I had. So, you know um I kind of feel like I just had a um, bad experience. You know um at the regional combine. Um, you know, and I kind of um think that bit pit kind of a hole on my football career. You know, um, not not getting um any NFL um uh, workouts or anything like that because you know when they once they look at your numbers and um your numbers not what they looking for, you know they kind of uh, look over you. So, you know, I just kind of felt like that was a um, point in my football career where um things kind of went down for me. So um. You know, but but I'm but I'm still going. I'm still pushing. You know, knocking on doors. You know, what I'm saying, trying to find a way and things like that. So, absolutely, man. I I I totally get it. And you know, and it, and it really sucks when something like that happens. You know, you get yeah. you get screwed over like that. You don't, you know, you don't want that to happen, but it does. You know, and obviously we're gonna wish you the best of luck. I I saw that you ran a four three seven. Like I said, I've been watching your videos and stuff, and I I'm loving what I'm seeing, man. Um, and you what's the regional combine? Um, you're trying. You're on social media, all all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, are there other ways you're trying to get yourself noticed? Uh, trying to get you know NFL teams that uh, recognize you and get you in for a workout. Um. Yeah. Um. I actually um, started off last year on Twitter. You know, uh, I was on mm-hmm. Twitter a lot and. Um, I was I I I always uh, get feedback from like um, NFL um, Twitter pages, and uh, you know um, they were um, be like um, why why hasn't anyone um, gave this guy a shot or a workout or why why didn't he get signed you know um, and just like when I'm on LinkedIn it was like um, someone uh, just get a guy a shot you know he I mean I I understand that. Um, I come in at five eight and a half. That's like coming in at a small statue for a um, cornerback or a defensive back. Absolutely, yeah. right. Um, um, I mean, it's a lot of. Well, it was, and there still is a lot of successful um, small defensive backs in the league. You know, um, you can go down the list. Of, yeah, you can. Um, you know, you can go down the uh, list of lines. Um, uh, Darrell Green. Um, Matt McMillan, um, um, Alfonso Smith. Um, a- actually, the New England Patriots um, just uh, signed the All-American um, defensive back, um, Will Lack- Lightly. Y'all are probably familiar with him, the All-American cornerback who um, yeah. came from Maryland. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I just feel like, um, you know, is a – you know, I just feel like it's, it's a problem when it comes to, like, smaller cornerbacks. You know, I mean, we bring the total package uh, just like the bigger cornerbacks. You know, we just small in size. But, you know, right. big surprises also come in small packages as well. So I, I just don't yeah, understand I mean, why, <laughs> why we get looked over like that. Well, you know, and like you said before, you run in a 4-3-7. That you bring in some good speed, you know, um, I think, you know, what the reason why it hinders you guys so much is because it, I think NFL teams now are looking at bigger, stronger, faster wide receivers, 
You know, and if you're going up against a wide receiver at 6'4", and you're 5'8", I think that puts you at a disadvantage. But there again, big things come in small packages. Well, you know, I want to know, uh, you – I watched some of the stuff that you posted of you working out and running. Walk me through your process. How how do you get yourself – I mean, there's got to be more to your motivations than just wanting to play. I mean, how do you keep yourself – hungry to, to be a success? How do you do it? Tell, tell our audience, how do you get motivated, get hyped? Okay, um, well, um, it, it, it starts out um, with, with, uh, with my family pool. You know, um, I come from a family of uh, athletic genes. You know, uh, my cousin is um, Pernell McPhee. You know, he's a um, Former um, Baltimore Ravens, yeah. Um, Janara Jenkins is also my cousin. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Damian Barry, he spent some time with the Ravens. Um, Alfonso Smith, you know, he spent time with the Broncos mm-hmm. and um, Detroit Lions. Um, yep. Anton Smith, who played years with the uh, Falcons, and um, Dwight Bentley, you know, uh, he was playing with the Detroit Lions, but you know, um, things kind of happened due to injury. Um, and you know those guys uh, are successful in the league, or was, and you know that kind of motivate me as well. You know, we 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 um we come from um Pahokee, Florida. Um, it's a small town on the shores of Lake Okeechobee, and um, okay, you know we come from the struggle, and you know I don't I don't use that as a crutch, but you know um, you know you coming from the struggle, you more hungry, and um. You know, when 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 you're coming from a place like this, it just make you make you want it more, and you know, um, and especially when you feel like you've got look double, when um when you make it to uh the higher level like that, um, so that's why I just uh post videos, um, you know, post like bench press videos, and, you know, things like that, and I and I, I those guys also motivate me as well. You know, um, because they're in the league. You know, I grew up playing all sports with those guys, so I, I so I just yeah. have in the back of my mind like if those guys in the NFL. You know, I know I can get in the NFL, but you know, my role probably different. You know, I probably got a different route. You know, those guys went D one. Those guys played for D one football um, program, so um, you know, they kind of had a, a a slight edge. You know, um, right, and you know, with with you having family in the NFL, have you have you contacted them to try to get yourself, you know, your your name out there? Um, you know, um, you know, uh, you you know, when you have relatives, you know, in the NFL, uh, you know, it's it's not their job, you know, um. I feel like it's not their job, you know, uh, what you call, like, pitting a word, you know, um, um, be like, uh, well, uh, hey, coach, uh, 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 hey, such and such, uh, you should take a look at this guy. Uh, you know, right. you know, sometimes sometimes guys don't want to do that because, um, you know, sometimes it can make them look good and sometimes it can make them look bad. And, you know, um, yeah. that's not the job to work. So, you know, I kind of understand where they're coming from. But, um, 
I'm I'm gonna uh, get myself out there regardless. So um, even though they're family, you know, I still respect them and love those guys. But you know, I just try to, you know, try to uh, find my own way. You know, you know, because uh, you know, once I ask the question, you know, I feel like I already know the answer to that uh, question and things like that. So you know, I you know, I post uh, uh workout videos and things like that. You um. Right. You um the reason I come my video, you 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 know you uh, I know you guys seen the other um forty videos that I ran with the other fast times and things like that. So you know mm-hmm. um, I be I be out grinding and working. I, I just try to find my own way. So you know. Absolutely, I totally get that. And guess what, Corey? I I think we have Daryl on the other line. We'll see if we can get him on here real quick. Okay. Uh, this is straight football talk. This is Teddy the Bear Tate and Big D. Is this Daryl Burgess? Yes, sir. What's up, man? How are we doing, guys? Hey, Daryl. How are we doing, buddy? What's good? What's good, Corey? <laughs> well, you guys, you guys are the topic of discussion today. We're talking to you guys. You guys, I got a question for both of you, so you guys can answer one of time. Now that you're here, Daryl, I can ask this question. You guys are former teammates. You guys went to the same yeah. school. How would you guys like to play on the same team in the NFL? What would that mean to you guys? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that it'd be fun, man. It'd be another, it'd be another, <laughs> you know, another, another time, a good time, you know, just playing football and doing something we both love to do. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I think I think that would be awesome, uh, you know, to re- to reunite. Uh, with each other, you know, uh, to play on the same field, you know, <laughs> I, I think that would be, I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I got another follow-up question, guys. Now, now, if Daryl gets put on another team, and you get put on, you get facing him, Corey. You gonna be able to, you be able to swallow that brotherhood for a minute and go for the big tackle? Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, we had our moments. We actually had our moments in um, practice, you know, in college. Um, we were, um, a, lo- a lot of guys was afraid to tackle Daryl. You know, uh, Daryl, uh, you know, Daryl, huh? Uh, Daryl was his prototype running back, so, you know, a lot of guys was afraid to tackle Daryl. But, you know, I wasn't afraid. You know, I stick my nose in there. Daryl's a pretty pretty big guy. I was about to say I'd be kind of. We've, we've we've seen some pictures in some of his workouts. Yeah, I mean he's he's a pretty big boy. So I mean, good on you. Yeah, going in, you know, like you said, putting your nose <laughs> to the grindstone. Yeah, Daryl, while, while we got you on the line, Daryl, um, a couple questions for you. Um, we we know you had a rough childhood growing up. Um, take us what. Take us through what it's like growing up through that rough childhood uh, briefly and how that pushes you to make it to the professional level. Well, we growing up, we in a rough childhood. It was just, you know, I didn't, I didn't have no guidance. I didn't have no guidance. And, you know, it, everything was just negative in my mindset. But I was just this athletic dude. And it just clicked one day and it, 
it just clicked in my it just clicked in my mind one day. It was, I was like, I'm not about to lose my 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 talents to the streets, and I'm about to let them have it because anybody could wake up and go on the corner and do what you want to do, but it takes a, a hard work and dedicated a dedicated man to you know to wake up and have a routine with the gym and then doing the football stuff. So and besides my dad passing. I just couldn't do it no Sorry more. Sorry to hear that. I took another route. Yeah, I just took another route, man. And let me hear on this journey. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. Um, now, after your final season uh, at Lynchburg, uh, you're on your way to the gym. If, I, if I'm correct, me if I'm wrong. Daryl, you were on your way to the gym and uh, actually ended up being shot. Um, can you explain to us what happened and what the after effects were? And do you believe that that affected the team's decision in uh, selecting you? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I was shot at nine times. And, uh, <laughs> you know, roughly, you know, sad that happened to me, man. <laughs> You know, I moved on. I moved on from it. And it was like I went to the regional combine, and I was just, I was just declaring, declaring to the draft. And I was went to the regional combine, and I like my hand was stuck together. My right hand, I had crazy tingling in my hand. Like my right, my pinky finger was like numb. And I don't know. I was just so dedicated. So hungry, and I wasn't going back to my old life, and I, I didn't care what my hand felt like. <laughs> I was going through the pain, and I was still out there. And you're right, though. A lot of teams had backed off from me because right after the regional combine, <laughs> my regional combine was Sunday morning, and, my, and right Monday morning, I'm going back to uh, Jersey from New Orleans. Man, uh, I had 10 teams call my phone back to back. <laughs> it was just my phone kept ringing and ringing. And then uh, yeah, a couple teams, like if the team, it's crazy because I signed with the Giants, and Giants is one of the teams who backed off from me because the, cause my, cause what happened when I had got shot. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was rough. So, I mean, you talked about the Giants there, um, and like you said, they were interested and they backed off, and then you ended up signing an NFL contract, correct, with the with the Giants? Yes, sir. Um, can you give us a little bit of the details on that contract? I mean, I know they released you in May, I believe, but what? Um, well, can you go with? Yeah, go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> so I think so. A, a week before that, I had did a workout with the Jets. And I did a workout with the New York Jets at the Florida Park, New Jersey. And then a couple of days later, I went to uh, – I flew into uh, Virginia and did a workout with the Richmond Rough Riders. It's a new arena team. Mm-hmm. And then it was – that week I had – and the crazy part was – they was sending me a con. They had sent me a contract. Was like, we're gonna sign you, 
you know, talking all good. They sent me the contract, and it was a Monday, and the NFL had called. The Giants called me. You know, NFL workout people on Tuesday, so we like, yeah, this such and such New York Giants, about you know, calling me in to do a workout. Uh huh. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I went there, went up to the Meadowlands, the hotels. And uh, I was just real confident that, that day when I was up there. I was telling myself, I'm just calm down. and I'm I'm, I'm going to make it because it's my fifth NFL workout. <laughs> and <laughs> I went there. I went there. I ran ran a 4.35 in my 40. And <laughs> I, just, I was just calm the whole time. And, and then, <laughs> like, I had to take a one leg test. And then after that, I went to New York City, went to Manhattan. I had to see 11 doctors for physical needles and all that. I'm like, yo, why am I doing all this? And next thing you know, the contract advisor dude named Martin Hayes, he said, yeah, we're going to talk mm-hmm. contracts. I'm like, wow. I'm like, you know, I'm like, yo, man, I, I finally did it. <laughs> it's over. Like, I, So many people gave me so much trouble because school we come from this club football and people saying it's mm-hmm. D2, NAI, it's not none of that. It's club football. So, And it was just, it was so hard and unbelievable what I did because I only played two years of football and offense we ran, we literally only ran about <laughs> we ran about 10 to 9 plays, the same plays every game. and We were just out there playing football. That was it. And getting Right. Getting beat getting beat every Saturday and you know, I was just so determined because, you know, I, I knew I could play at the next level but it was just what I had to go through to get to the next level and and it was a test and I'm I'm glad I went through that because I I seen it all and I did beat the odds. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So when you were let go, um can you just, you know, you're a free agent now. Can you explain to us um, what happened with the Giants, the explanation they gave you, and you know, the process uh, of what, how that. So yeah, so you know, I was I was up, I was with the Giants uh, every right after they lost that playoff game. Jan, I signed January 12. I was up there for uh, I was up there for two months with them. You know, we was going it's voluntary workout that started. Uh, I was up there and. Uh, I had made it down. I was making it down there. I was, they was letting people go when I was up there. And, you know, they was liking me. Uh, I made it down to uh, OTAs, and it was like, you know, everything was cool. I'm, I'm thinking I'm cool, you know, because I had to learn so many plays in, in a short amount of days. You know, I, that's the business side of it. I didn't know that was new to me. I caught on to the whole system. I learned everything, learned all the plays, and uh, it was like, it was OTAs, and they was like, uh, everything was over. It was a, it was like, a, it was the last day of OTA, OTAs, actually, and, and the, the guy that signed the scout, he pulled me to the side and was like, they want to talk to y'all. I'm thinking I'm about to do an interview because, you know, I felt I was doing great, and it was Dude was like, yeah, we want to thank y'all for your time for coming out and uh, for your travel expenses. 
Where we arrange that when y'all get dressed? I'm like, what? Huh? Me? I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> huh? This can't be true. So I go in the locker room and it was like Ben McAfee want to talk to you. I'm like, this is for real. So you know, it was just, it was just shocking to me. And when I went up to Ben McAfee's office, he was like, uh, first thing, all he's first thing he said was, uh, he's like, you, you can play in this league. You know, you got the size. You got the speed, you got the vision, and you bring power. And we had sat down, and he was like, he was like, this, he was like, this don't got nothing to do with you. We just gonna take a look somewhere else. And if uh, you know, if that look that we take it somewhere else don't happen, we'll give you a call back. And then he was like, uh, do you have? Don't you have a daughter on the way? I was like, yeah, I do have a daughter on the way. And he gave me his number, and then uh, I packed up and I left. And he texted me, he's like, take care of your daughter. And, you know, I had to sign my waiver and, and went on just like that. And, you know, that's that's just, that's just uh, that's got to be, I know it's got to be heartbreaking for you, you know, that, you know, um, getting to a team, get, you know, accomplishing your goal and then unfortunately getting released. Um, Big D, you had a question for him? Yeah, my question's for Corey. Corey, okay. you mentioned some big names uh, when you were comparing yourself to other corners in the league, other defensive backs. You mentioned some big names. Is there any defensive backs in the league now that you would say you kind of modeled your game after, or any or anybody, for that matter, that you would compare yourself to uh, for teams looking to sign a defensive back? Um. Well, um... Well, I, I, well, I, um, I can tell you this. Um, I've, I've never um, modeled my game out to anyone. Um, you know, it, it's all about what you do and what you bring of game time. You know, um, and it depends on um, what kind of uh, what kind of a cornerback, uh, what kind of a uh, coverage you're comfortable with. You know, um, I'm more of a, a man-to-man guy. You know, um, you know, I like to keep my hands on receivers at the line of scrimmage. But you know, I can mm-hmm. also um, play uh, off man. You know, zone, uh, cover two. You know, um, I just bring a a, a mixture, a mixture of uh, covering skills at the line of scrimmage. And um, you know, um, I can also play other positions. Um, you know, rather uh, than uh, cornerback. So you know, um, I just I just play my style of football. You know, um, I'm gonna mix it up. Sometimes I want to play man. Sometimes I want to play cover two or cover three. Um, you know, um, I'm I'm, I'm just that cornerback. Um, I feel comfortable with um mixing coverages up at the line of scrimmage. You know, um, I study film real good. So you know, um, I just. I just feel like I got my own style of uh, football when it comes to cornerback play. Right, uh, Daryl. How about yourself? Do you do you compare yourself to any running back uh, in the league or uh, ever? Oh yeah, of course, of course. You know, I, um, my favorite running back is Adrian Peterson. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right. Yeah. Adrian Peterson yeah, is his favorite. Yeah, that's my dude right there, Adrian Peterson and uh, Marshawn Lynch. I don't know. I just um, I could yeah, like well Ryan Matthews, you know, 
I like I like them style of running backs, but the I don't know. I feel like it's like I'm more of a like a I don't know. It's it's, it's like I'm big, I'm fast. But I think I compare myself more to like Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that style, that style of running too, that bruising running back style. You know, that, that's exactly Marshawn Lynch. And I don't know if you guys know uh, Kendall Gaskins. He's running back, uh, played for the 49ers for a couple of years, and he's a free agent as of right now. Um, we actually were talking with him last weekend, uh, last Sunday, and uh, I actually talked about talked to him and said, you know, we've got these two guys coming on this next weekend, um, both trying to be, you know, our NFL hopeful, both trying to make a name for themselves in the NFL. Um, and we asked, we asked Kendall what advice he had for you guys. Um, if you guys want to hear what he had to say, we're more than willing to play the soundbite for you. Oh yeah, yeah, you you can, you can. Right. So we we talked to Kendall. Just what he had to say. We're gonna have a um, couple athletes next weekend come on our show. Um, Corey Fulton Jr. and uh, Daryl Daryl Yeah, um, they're they're you know aspiring athletes. You know, I, I don't want you to give away all your secrets of what you do and stuff, but. Do you have any advice for those guys? I mean, you're trying to look for a place, but, you know, so are these guys, you know, these young bucks here. What advice do you have for those players? Uh, you know, just once you have that confidence in yourself, you have that goal in yourself, don't worry about what all the naysayers say because, you know, it was when I was coming up, it was plenty of guys that said I wasn't fast enough, I wasn't explosive enough. You know, I didn't play against that much competition. I was just bigger than everybody. So there's a lot of guys that, you know, and people that didn't believe in me. So you can't listen to all that hype. You got to be confident in your craft and give what you got because if that's something you want to do, you can go get it. You don't want to live with, you know, saying, oh, you know, when you're older in life, say, ah, I think I should have went a little bit harder than that because you're not going to be able to live with yourself. But if you give it everything you got and you, you work hard and you believe that you can you make it and, and it just doesn't work out, then it's much easier to live that way because you know you did everything you could, but it just you know didn't happen for you. But you know if you could if you have that mentality in life, you you know you can bounce back if that doesn't happen for you and help you get to wherever you want to go after that. But you know that's that's how I look at it. It's all about believing in yourself and having. Uh, you know, confidence and, and, and working your tail off because, you know, at the end of the day, that, that's what it's going to take. And especially it's going to take even more for someone, you know, to to that's not in the loop or, don't, you know, that's just trying to get his foot in the door. You know, it's going to take that much more for them to get noticed. So you, you just got to get everything you got. Go, you know, you look up workouts and different, you know, combine events they have for, like, in regional combines and, you know, try to connect, you know. Actually, uh, the, uh, Rashawn, I believe that's what he actually reached out to me on LinkedIn. And, you know, we we talked a little bit, so it was pretty cool. So he's, he's using his connections. He, he's talking to people. So that's a big, big thing. You know, you can't be scared because you can't score if you don't shoot. If you, if you don't try to connect with people and, and meet like, all the best people you can, then it, it, it might not work out for you. So you got to be willing to do every little thing. And if someone's willing to camp outside somewhere, that's showing me that they're dedicated. So I think, you know, if they keep along on the same path and, 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 and keep working like they are working, you know, somebody they're going to get a tryout, you know, or something. 
somebody's going to be willing to take him, even if it's not in the NFL. You know, a lot of they, a lot of places have people looking around for athletes. So you know, just keep up the hard work. So guys, that's that's what Kendall had to say for you guys. Um, you know, basically, keep doing what you guys are doing. That's what it sounds like. Um, we we broadcast our show out of Philadelphia. And with us being a broadcast that broadcasts, you know, all over the place. I mean, we do broadcast out of Philly, but our station broadcasts all over the Internet, all over the sound waves. So let's say I was a general manager and I was looking to sign some players. What do both of you guys bring? Corey, let's start with you. What do you bring to the table? What are you going to do for my franchise? Um, well, um, um, well, I'm a team, you know, um, first off, I'm, I'm a team player, you know, team player at heart. You know, um, I play cornerback, but, you know, um, I can bring a lot more to the table, you know, as far as, like, positions. You know, um, I, I can also play wide out, and like I said earlier, I can play um, running back safety. So, you know, um, I'm willing to play anywhere um, the team need me. Um, I, I also play special teams as well. I think that probably that probably be um best fit for me um starting off. Um, you know, uh, I I like helping out doing other things. That's like um doing events um for like teams, you know, like charity, um like helping the youth, uh, you know, like having team team events, you know, um I'm a team player, you know, people are respectful, very respectful, I'm very coachable. You know, um, if it's something that I'm lacking in, you know, I'm willing to learn. You know, um, I, I, I just kind of think um, I, um, I'm all the, I'm all of those things. You know, um, I just need a shot. You know, I, uh, I think that's kind of my situation. Okay, uh, Daryl, same question. I'm a, uh, you know, NFL GM. What are you bringing to my franchise? I'm bringing leadership. I'm bringing. I'm bringing hunger, I'm bringing hard work, I'm bringing my passion, I'm bringing, you know, somebody that's coachable and that's willing to learn and play any position on the field. And I'm going to be on time to everything and anything that you need that, you know, that's mandatory for us to be or not mandatory. Just be ready to play football at any given moment. Awesome. Um, Real quick. Guys, before I let you go, i got to ask Corey one last question. It's a little more of a fun question. Um, Corey, you have to give us the insight of your nickname, Jet Rabbit. I, I want to know who, who gave you the nickname, how you got it. This is probably about speed, but i gotta, I got to know about it. I, 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 I knew you guys were going to ask me that question. <laughs> um, but, um, I've I, I told Daryl the uh, story before, you know. Daryl kind of familiar, you know, you know with the name. But um, down here in Pahokee, Florida, um, we mm-hmm. chase uh, muck rabbits, and um, I I actually chase muck rabbits. The most rabbits I've ever caught was like seventy rabbits, like on my own. And, um, wow! You have, and you have to be really, really fast and skilled to catch a rabbit running on the ground. So um 
when I when I was saying earlier that um, I come in a small statue, um, what I mean by that was um, I visualize um, myself as a rabbit. You know, when I'm on the field, you know, I'm um, I'm this small snip, I'm this small uh, small film, you know, but running really fast. And um, and the thing is, I noticed. When I'm out chasing rabbits at the point of attack, rabbits will um, rabbits will shoot off. They will take off really fast, as if you're running a forty times. And um, and if you don't catch a rabbit in the first ten yards, they would um, you know, they would speed up and they would strive um, in acceleration, and you know, um, they would glide. You know, they would glide like in, uh, in motion, and um. And uh, when I was a kid, I would always look. I would always look up to the sky, and you know when you look up and you see the jets uh, in the sky, but when you're looking from the ground, you think the jets are uh, going really slow because it looks like they're floating. But if you're up in the sky, they're going real fast. So that's how, that. That's kind of like what I think with the rabbit. If you if you're if you're the guy, if you're the hunter. Chasing after the rabbit, he's running really, really fast. But if you're the guy looking from a distance, it looks like the rabbit is just like running, like he's running in slow motion. So, um, right. you know, and I can just like pit those things together because like a lot of a lot of guys, you know what I'm saying, don't know when you're looking at a video, guys are chasing rabbits. Yo, the the rabbit is running really, really fast. It might look like he's running slow to you, but uh, he's he's running really fast. You know, I just, I just kind of pick, you know, I I know it's kind of a strange uh, nickname that um uh, most most people I got in contact with, they say, uh, how did you come up with that? And you know, um, I just came up with that nickname from experience and from events that uh, you know I've been through and did. So, you know. Absolutely, I think you I think the nickname is totally unique, and it's very cool. Yeah, I I thought it's very cool. Um, my nickname, the Bear, uh, kind of goes with my name, Teddy. But um, my dad passed away when I was 13, and um, he actually gave me that na- nickname when I was a kid. And I just, you know, figured it'd be kind of catchy and it'd catch people's attention, so I rolled with it for the radio uh, name, and it stuck. And it seems to stick. You know, Jet Rabbit seems to stick with you cool. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. But um, I want to thank I want to thank both of you guys to come coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, taking time out of your guys' busy day. Good talking to you guys. I, we hope to have you back on the yeah. show here sometime here in the near future if you guys. Are. Yeah, um, we'll, de- we'll definitely be back. We'll definitely be back. Okay. And guys, guys, I got a big question. This is the big biggest question you guys are gonna have to answer all day. Today, if you guys get signed, whether or not you get signed or not, can we get a jersey from you guys that says you were part of our show? We want to add you to our Hall of Fame. You guys took the time, took a chance to be on our show, and took time out of your day to help us out. We want to we want to honor you guys by doing that. Is that something you guys can do? Uh yeah yeah you know um you know uh me me you know me personally you know um if if it's a call you know uh, uh you reach out on social media 
you know, uh, I'm willing to um, sign an autograph and um, I'm on one of my jerseys and, and give it over to you guys, you know, as respect and honor. So, you know, it's, it's no problem with me. I would love to do, do that. Yeah, it ain't no thing to me. I signed a second contract again. Yeah, I call y'all. No problem, y'all. No problem. Awesome. We appreciate it, guys. We appreciate that. We want. We just want to take that. To, this is something that we're doing for our guests. We want every guest. Yeah. Every guest. We want to have a wall with you guys on it. You guys are our. You guys are our Hall of Fame. Yeah. We appreciate having. It means you a lot having on. you guys it means come a lot on. Having you guys come yep. on for us. So uh, um, thanks again, guys. Um, go ahead. I, I have a question. Um, is, is, is this interview um, going to be uh, posted? You know, I, I kind of want to um, post it on my social yes, media you know, uh, to kind of give guys an You can get this interview off Facebook. You can get it on – I'm going to post it to Twitter. It's going to be on LinkedIn. You can. You will be able to have access to this interview. I believe it'll also be on iTunes. Yeah, it'll have our whole. It'll be our whole show. But yeah, your guys' interview will definitely be on on it too. So you're you're um, gonna be everywhere. And if you guys like our Facebook page, Straight Football Talk, it we're on there. Like it, you'll be able to get to it, and uh, real easy to be able to save the video. And then if you guys want to edit it yourself, and um, it's not a problem. Yeah, and if you and if you don't really just want if you don't want the video part, you can just get the link off Twitter. Twitter, yeah. And you won't have to deal with that part. Yeah. Okay, 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 nice. Yeah, you guys can definitely use it, but not a problem. Yep. Matter of fact, we're going to be doing that right now. All right, guys, take care. We thank, uh, we, again, we thank you for being on, and we'll talk to you later. All right. All right, guys. Great interview with Corey Felton Jr. and Dale Verdes. Love talking to those guys. Very real. Um, you know, guys that are trying to make it and they're, you know, may not be in the best situation, but they're making the most of what they had and they're working hard trying to earn it. Um, love hearing about Daryl with the uh, Giants, you know. Yeah. Love, her, love the Jet Rabbit story with Corey. Got to love that stuff. You know, it's you – see, you see these two guys. If you guys haven't seen these two guys working out, go to LinkedIn and follow these two guys. They are yeah. tremendous athletes. Yeah, and and I'm not just saying that because they're guests on the show. If you they, guys they see are. their workout yeah. regimen, these guys they are, are monsters and, among men. And, there's, and, you know, I've got pictures of Daryl and Corey on there, but there's a picture I should have grabbed of Daryl who is just absolutely jacked. I mean, he, it's a big yeah. guy. You know, he, he you can definitely tell he works out every day. And Corey is very fast. I, I, again, I know he has to run a 4-3-7. Four, a four, or close to a four four at least. I mean, him getting a four six was not even not even in the ballpark um, of what I've seen him run. So glad to have them guys on there. Listen, guys, we went through a lot today, so we're going to go ahead and conclude the segment again. We want to thank everyone for tuning in with us. We want to thank everyone for the love and support that they're giving us. Please do not forget to like us or follow us on social media. Uh, follow us again. Like us. Like the page. Share the videos. We will keep you up to date on what's going on around the NFL. Not only that, we will keep you up to date on what's going on with us. Again, guys, a lot of big stuff coming up for Strength Football Talk, and we want you guys to be a part of it. So take care. We'll see you then.